there. You are listening to the Quarter to Three Games Podcast. My name is Tom Chick, and I am proud to have in my house nine PCs. I'm uh, Jason McMaster, and I apparently only have seven, or no, it's not seven, sorry, four PCs. Four PCs. Seven isn't even close to four. Nice try. I'm confused. <laughs> and I'm Eric Campbell, and I have six PCs in my house. Seven, please, McMaster. I don't even know what you were thinking trying to get away with that nonsense. But I only, but the four are just mine. <laughs> yeah, so Eric Campbell, welcome here. You are on the forums as Shellfish Guy because you eat a lot of seafood. Uh, I, I try to. But, do you really uh, like, do you like shellfish? Because I cannot, I, here's a confession, and McMaster, I want you to weigh in on this. I cannot abide shellfish. McMaster, where do you stand on that? Uh, I can, you know, I can give or take. Don't really care. Uh, not a big fish guy, but I don't uh, shellfish, whatever. So, uh, Eric, that's that's not why you're shellfish guy, or that is. Well, I I, I do love shellfish, just I, not raw. I'm not into the like eating raw. Oh yeah, no, that's nasty. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, if it's cooked, I'll, I'll eat it any way you want to prepare it. Um, mm-hmm. But I am a shellfish biologist by training, and uh, so shellfish guy just seemed fitting, and it. Uh, got me in whatever forums or any place I needed to sign up as a uh, usable name. Now, you work at the uh, Woods Hole Institute, just like Matt Hooper from Jaws. Am I close? Uh, A few states away. Um, I work for the Maryland Department of Natural Resources. Uh, Was Matt Hooper a role model for you as a child? Um, I I didn't see Jaws till much later in life. I think... uh, uh, Jacques Cousteau was actually more of my inspiration as a kid. Ah, right, right. Uh, That's so a little actually... classier than Jaws. So I mean, hey. <laughs> well, it is. Come on. <laughs> but you know what? Sharks are way sexy. Uh, I don't know. Jacques Cousteau. He's like just so French, and uh, I don't know. Sexy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so Eric, as a uh, so, you, are you a marine biologist, a marine scientist? I think you said you were. Yeah, I, I, uh, I had went and got my degree uh, on, in marine science, mm-hmm. and uh, now I'm with the uh, shellfish program at the department, and we do uh, uh, restoration work. We also work with the industry, and uh, you know all the, the crafting, all the fun laws and regulations that everybody hates to abide by. Oh, so you're the one helping shut down offshore drilling everywhere. <laughs> No, we're we're fairly limited in, in, in scope to the uh, uh, Chesapeake Bay mostly, so not not too much offshore drilling there. So then, as a marine scientist out there at the Chesapeake Bay, what are the issues you guys have to deal with? Um, mainly right now, it's uh, a lot of pollution. Um, we've been uh, enacting a lot of new, uh, well, the EPA, I should say, a lot of new. Uh, uh, pollution diets and other kinds of limits on what kind of or how much nutrients and stuff like that we can be putting into the water. And that's, uh, you know, all through the Bay watershed, which affects from uh, Pennsylvania and New York all the way down through Virginia. Um, Do you ever actually get out in the water very much or is it a lot of lab work? Um, well, I'm actually more of a administrator these days. Um, ah. when, I, when I first started with the department, I was out in the field almost every day on boats, you know, out in the water. Um, but uh, today I'm more sitting at my desk, uh, staring at my monitor, reading quarter to three. I mean, uh, uh, hard at work. Um, so you're like the beat cop who got kicked upstairs to do a desk job. Exactly. 
exactly. Uh, I spent about two years in the field, and then the uh, the director at the time saw my worth and uh, promoted <laughs> me up into the office, where I, I promptly gained about 20 pounds. Um, <laughs> uh, now, you said you haven't been diving for a couple of years. Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah. I learned uh, back in high school. My dad gave me dive lessons for he and I as a Christmas present. And uh, we did a lot of diving uh, up off Cape Cod, where we uh, spend quite a bit of time. Yeah, holy cats, isn't it like freezing and choppy and uh, bad visibility? Or what's diving like up there? It's freezing and choppy and has bad visibility. <laughs> um, but it was fun. It was it was a whole lot of fun. There's a lot of wrecks off Cape Cod. Uh, so we did a, a good bit of wreck diving. Uh, also some spear, spear fishing and lobstering, ah. you know, all kinds of fun stuff. You know, Eric, that can't be any worse than where I was trained, and that was in uh, the the lakes of Arkansas. <laughs> you want to <laughs> you want to talk about bad visibility? Uh, my checkout dive was uh, Lake Beaver Fork Dam, uh, and you couldn't see you could barely see your hand in front of your face. Tom, uh, they uh, they call those quarries. No, no, because actually that's <laughs> quarries were actually the great places to dive in Arkansas because it doesn't have all the silt at the bottom. It's a quarry's really deep. You can find wrecks in quarries. I mean, not sure. wrecked ships or anything. People push old cars. Maybe <laughs> corpses, yeah. Uh, refrigerators, um, all kinds of junk, uh, old stoves. You can find all kinds of wrecks in a rock quarry. Uh, McMaster, when's the last time you went diving? Never. Aha. So only four PCs in your house, never been diving. What use are you, Jason O. McMaster? Seen the Pixies twice, how about you? You would go right there. <laughs> oh, hello. Hey, how's your super score on pinball? <laughs> Why, what happened? I have not booted it up in forever. Oh, yeah, are you just, like, lording that over me because yeah. I'm... I see. Yeah. It's not like you've made any advances recently. Eric, you are missing out... On a battle royale, if you had an Xbox 360, you could be playing Pinball FX2 and weeping every time you start it up and see how crazy Jason O. McMaster's high scores are. Well, is it his own score or is it still his own plus his wife's? See, very good. He he has since there's been he's since split off their uh, the enormity of their pinball performance is now two separate entities. Yeah, she passed uh, me. Yeah, she's. Uh, I see both of their scores, and it's it's doubly disheartening. So yeah, I should tell you, Tom. She does sit around, and whenever she sees she's going to break one of your scores, it just she cackles. I can imagine. I can imagine because uh, I I hear the equivalent of that cackle when she sends me one of those little "I beat your high score" messages. She does that to me too, so I don't feel bad. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So let's see. So, uh, Eric, I have to confess to you, though, the real reason we've asked you here today is McMaster and I have a dispute going. It's nothing to do with pinball. And we okay. need you to resolve this. I'd be glad to. OK. So as an impartial third party, we are each going to present our case. And I want to know what choice you would make. So, for instance, you live you said you're in Maryland, right? Yes. So you live. At, that's not even a city. What city are you in? Baltimore? I'm in Annapolis. Annapolis, okay. I hear Baltimore's great for people uh, it's, like it's, the wire. It's okay. <laughs> Annapolis, Actually, is that near D.C.? It, it's kind of in in between. If you can kind of make a triangle between Annapolis, D.C. and uh, and Baltimore. Uh, is, okay. Isn't there a movie called Annapolis directed by Justin Lin, or am I making that up? Uh, maybe. The U.S. Naval Academy is here. Ah, that's right. So Annapolis is, I think, I think that movie is about the Naval Academy. I, I could be wrong. I haven't seen it. But anyway, so let's say Eric Campbell 
that you have done something wonderful for the city of Annapolis. You've saved it from some calamity. So as a reward, I'm going to offer you one thing. McMaster's going to offer you another. And we want to know which reward you would accept. They're mutually exclusive. You can't take them both. You only get one or the other. Okay. I, Tom Chick, am offering you, Eric Campbell, for your wonderful service to Annapolis, the ability to pull out your cell phone at any time, dial a number, and have delivered a zombie horde. Now, it's not just a zombie horde. This zombie horde will arrive on a little short bus, like like disadvantaged kids or people who need a ride from the airport to the parking lot get on. One of those little things, those little shuttle buses. This okay. shuttle bus will pull up, and out will pile maybe 10, 12 zombies. They, uh, they won't hurt you. You know, they've got a little friendly fire thing going where they know that you are the person who summoned them. They will run amok. They will uh, attack your enemies. Um, these are not slow zombies. They can run, so they are effective. They're not just going to shuffle around and get headshot like on Walking Dead or whatever. These, these are more like 28 weeks later zombies. Uh, they're, they're very effective. Um, so this is what I'm offering you for your service to the city of Annapolis. Now, that does sound useful. It, it can be very useful, uh, it, uh, and it's not only useful, it's funny. Uh, and it's, it's zombies, of course. So I want you to keep that offer in mind. Okay. But then Jason O. McMaster has something else for you that you can choose. Jason O. McMaster, what are you going to offer him? Well, let's say, for instance, you pull out your cell phone, and you can call Burt Reynolds, who whoa, sends whoa, whoa, whoa. you a SWAT team. Wait a minute. The Burt Reynolds? The Burt Reynolds. And you can say, hey, Bert, you know, et cetera. And he'll send out a SWAT team to kick the hell out of anybody that bothers you. So wait, you're talking about like a Burt Reynolds sound-alike or something, right? It's like somebody doing his voice. No, no. It's Burt Reynolds. Not the actual Burt Reynolds. Isn't he dead? The... No. I mean, his hair died a long time ago. <laughs> no. At his age, he might as well be a zombie. Yeah, really. But, but yeah, see, it's Burt Reynolds. Burt the man Reynolds. We're talking stroker ace here. Not not Stroker from the forums. Jesus, God, not him, but Stroker Ace, the movie. Now, let's say, uh, tell me about the SWAT team, McMaster. What do they do? They uh, show up, and anybody that opposes you, they SWAT the hell out of them. <laughs> Are there mi- I mean, how many? They're not wearing big mittens or something. I mean, they, they shoot them. But uh, So would it be enough of a SWAT team to take out the zombies if somebody else got, you know, did something for the city and got that reward? Well, that's a very good point, McMaster. So how, I've got about a dozen zombies in my offer. How many dudes are in your SWAT team? You know, that's a good question. I would say about six, six to eight, something like that. They're armed, I presume. Uh, we- and, and armored. So keep that. Oh, not, whoa, 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 not with those shields. You know, I don't actually uh, remember if a shield guy gets out. Maybe. Okay. What do they arrive in? How does the SWAT team arrive? Because I love the... oh SWAT van. Okay. Uh. Yeah. You know what? I think it might be a toss-up, Eric. As far as like uh... this is tough. Yeah. So now here's the thing I want you to know, Eric. Let's say uh, in my offer, you love Burt Reynolds, right? Who doesn't? How could you not? not? Even though you accept, if you were to choose my zombies, you could still call Burt Reynolds on the phone and say, hey, get the cops off my back, and he would do that. He he won't stay on the phone and chat with you very long, but he'll say, yeah, okay. Now now you're just playing dirty fool. (laughs) That's true, though. That's part of my offer is you don't have to never talk to Burt Reynolds again. You can still call him on the phone and say, hey, the cops are after me lower my wanted level so they go away. That's still part of my package deal. McMaster, do you have any equivalent there? 
Well, think of it this way. If zombies show up and anybody but you that you like's around, they'll probably kill them too. Not as big of a problem with the SWAT team. You know what? You're absolutely right, McMaster. It, the zombies will go after neutrals, so that, that yeah. they can be a bit of a handful. When, you, when that short bus pulls up, if there's no enemies around, they're going to terrorize the populace. Uh, right, right. But that's, that's zombies. That can have its own benefits, though. It, it can. Yeah. Depending on what you want. You know, I mean, if true. you want to, hey, you want to cause mayhem, you're evil genius, yes, I can see right. the zombie. So the campaigning is closed. We, Jason O. McMaster, you and I cannot be within 500 feet of Eric right now while he makes yeah. his decision. Eric, what are you going to choose? Well, weighing the pros and cons, um, I have to say I was leaning towards the SWAT team until you threw in the Burt Reynolds. And yeah. I think that tips it over on the edge in, in favor of the zombies. I knew it. It's awesome. It. All right, so uh, this week's victory goes to me for that. Uh, this uh, is kind of like those questions at the end of the actor's studio. <laughs> yeah, now we're going to do our favorite swear words. Actually, we are not, we are not because we're no, well, we definitely not because Eric is in the room with his family. Eric, why don't you describe for us now, because I was tickled to hear this earlier, the state of where you're sitting and what's going on around you. Uh, okay, well, I'm currently sitting in the uh, living room of our townhouse, mm-hmm. um, and if you were, you know, walked in the door and were facing this room on your left, uh, we have a large desk set up, and there's my computer and my wife's computer. Mm-hmm. And then if you turned your head to the right, to the other uh, opposite wall, there are desks with uh, my son's computer, who's currently playing World of Warcraft. Uh, my youngest daughter, her computer's in the middle, and she's currently playing Minecraft. <laughs> and then there's my oldest daughter on her computer. Ooh, looks like she's actually doing homework. That's nice to see. Or maybe she just wants you to think that. Until I turn my back to my, my screen, she still goes back to Facebook. So. <laughs> and then where is the missus? Uh, she is upstairs uh, watching TV on her Kindle Fire. Do we know what show she's watching? <laughs> what did she say? Oh, she's oh, sorry. She's watching a TV on the laptop. That's um, just as good. That's just as good. Uh, and and do we know what the show is? Can we get some uh, intel on that? Do we, do we know what she's watching? Oh, she's fixing the laptop. Oh, that's right. It crashed over Thanksgiving break. Wow. So okay. Uh, but if she were watching a show. <laughs> What would it be? Just to complete the picture. Oh, uh, any one of your uh, current uh, uh, crime dramas or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. She just she just loves those. Um, oh, what are the, some of the recent recent shows she's been watching? Uh, A Gifted Man. Um, what's that? Unforgettable. Unforgettable. Person of Interest. A lot of okay. a lot of new shows came out this season that she, right, she's really right. into. All right, well, you uh, you are the winner of the perfect sitcom family. <laughs> uh, all right, well, while, uh, th- this sounds like it would go over well in your household. Let's talk about games of the week, gaming news stories of the week, uh, and we'll also do a little forum posts of, of the week. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's start with forum posts of the week, and let's go with McMaster's Choice. McMaster, what do you pick for your quarter to three forum post of the week? My quarter to three forum post of the week is a post or a thread entitled iOS Pinball Games. Oh, you would? iPad, iPod. 
And why does that that recently got bumped for what reason? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you think your wife tackles McMaster? You should hear yourself. Yes. Uh, it got bumped recently when um, Forge Forsaken posted. Zen Pinball is out now. Sorcerer's Lair is free, and Wolverine and Cap America are available as uh, in-app purchases. So, last uh, when I found this out, I, I went and grabbed Zen Pinball and uh, for my iPad, and it's pretty awesome. Now, how does it compare to the uh, 360 versions? It's actually uh, pretty comparable. Um, it, it controls really well. Are, yeah, is it is it literally the same table? Because of course, Sorcerer's no. Lair, Captain America, and Wolverine; those are all 360 tables. Do they have to like remove any features, or is it just a straight no. up port of, of the? the... Up. It, uh, I don't know how it works on the iPod. I haven't tried it yet. But you should give it a shot. You know, it's uh, the app itself is free, and uh, Sorcerer's Lair is, uh, comes with it. So it's like not a lame table that comes with it either. Right. I actually kind of like Sorcerer's Lair. Eric, do you have uh, an iPod? Or, I, or iPhone. I, I have an iPhone, yes. So I'm increasingly running into situations where games won't work on my little iPod Touch, and I don't really know what's up with that. But uh, I think I'm the iPod technology curve is leaving me behind. Yeah, you should get on the iPad now. Do what I did. Get an iPad, too. Don't tempt me, because Ascension sure does look good on that, I bet. It looks awesome on it. Um, the HD version of it is really great, and... Uh, there's actually a really cool, uh, like, dice game from, um, uh, God, what is the name of it? Fantasy Flight, uh, called Elder Signs Omen. Have you oh, seen that? Oh, the Cthulhu, the Cthulhu mythos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dead gummit, McMaster, don't tell me about stuff like that. Yeah, it's a shame that we couldn't, like, play that if you had an iPad, you jerk. How much does an iPad cost? Uh, do I want to tell you? Um, uh, <laughs> well, well, it depends on how nice of an iPad you get. The 64 gigabyte one is, like, 700. Dollars? Um, yes. <laughs> oh, it's the cheaper one. <laughs> Pesos. Uh, the, the, the 16 gig one, I think, is like 400 or something now. And will that run everything that runs on an iPad? Yeah. I mean, really, honestly, the only difference is the uh, drive uh, size. Well, right. so, Plus, then, if you want the uh, just yeah. the Wi-Fi or the Wi-Fi and 3G, that, that bumps it up, too. Oh, I, I don't I get this. Yeah, yes. I didn't get the 3G. So, yeah. as someone who's only had an iPod touch which i routinely call an iphone when i'm out in public even though it's not like it gets uh it's got wi-fi so as long as i'm near a wi-fi connection it except for the phone it does everything an iphone will do so th this little 400 dollars ipad is the same way right yeah absolutely it's uh it's yeah like i said they, they they only come in six models and the model differences are uh three of them are 16 gig 32 gig 64 gig and uh, the other difference is Wi-Fi and 3G are just Wi-Fi for those three. So, uh, you know, I bought the top end without 3G, but, yeah, the bottom end is really not that bad, and uh, it's the exact same thing. Oh, and I bet that pinball game looks really good, too. It looks really, it looks great. It looks really great. All right, so uh, has there been much feedback in that thread about uh, about the game, or just Forge Forsaken was like, hey, this is out? Uh, you know, there's been a little bit, uh, just mostly people saying that they really, now they have to upgrade to iOS 5, and, you know, uh, they're saying that the Zen stuff is really good on the iPhone as well, the iPod. So, so no yeah. complaints like, this sucks, you can't do, can you nudge the table, for instance? How do you nudge the table when you're playing on the iPad? 
You know, that is an actually good question. I haven't, uh, I haven't tried it. Let me look. Let's see, uh, operate, no, not the operator's menu. That's weird. You know, you would think Jason O. McMaster, someone who's beat my high score on Pinball FX2, would know this stuff. You would think. I, I, by the way, have been yeah, I think it's this. shaking, honestly. I think you shake it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. I've been practicing, and I, when I, by, by practicing, I mean failing a lot. This little move where when the ball comes down one of the ramps, if you nudge the table, it'll jump over to the other flipper. And I routinely try this and mistime it, and the ball just goes straight down the drain. So uh, that, that, that whole finessing, how you nudge the table to, to do better and guide the ball, I, I'm, yeah. I'm really not good at that sort of thing. Uh, all right, so uh, that's your your pick for post of the week, um, yep. Eric. As an iPhone owner, are you, uh, how do you feel about uh, a pinball game for your iPhone? Um, if 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 it, the base game is free, I'd be happy to check it out and, and play yeah, it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's that wrong. is kind of a good point. Yeah, you can't go wrong with something like that. Yeah, yeah I, I I try not to jump on on too many because ninety nine cents or dollar ninety nine at a time tends to add up quick. Uh, Come on, when I, I first got my phone. <laughs> It's just oh, yeah. a, it's the price of a cup of coffee, Eric. <laughs> yeah, but but still. Um actually that, that kinda my whole idea about not liking to pay much for games kinda ties into my, my post of the week. Oh uh, good good segue. What is that? What have you chosen for your post of the week? Um the uh the thread I chose uh was the great thing about MMOG addiction by uh, the Mad Hatter. <laughs> I almost picked that. <laughs> that's a great thread. That's a great thread. I now, agree with I'm, that. I'm, I'm very intrigued by this title because I can't imagine there is anything great about MMOG addiction. Yes, there is. Well, it, it, the first line is uh, the great thing about MMOG addiction is that when the addiction starts to fade, you rediscover the world of solo gaming. And uh, I mean, just uh, just absolutely true. So um, that's like saying the great thing about addic- being addicted to heroin is kicking. It's quitting. <laughs> <laughs> the it, it, it just got it just got me thinking. I mean, I've been playing MMOs. I mean, since the the late '90s and uh, uh, Neverwinter Nights on AOL, you know. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. and it, it tends to go, you know, in cycles. I'll go and I'll play for six nine months, and then I'll take a break and play other stuff. And it just you know has continued like that through EverQuest and Star Wars Galaxies and WoW and City of Heroes, et cetera, et cetera. So. Um, it, and that's it's really taken off for me uh, once Steam came out and started throwing up those absurd holiday and summer sales and things like that. Um, so I'll play my MMO for a while, and then when I start to get a little tired of it, I'll hop out, and then mm-hmm. boom, I've got the last six months to a year of games, you know, for five bucks. <laughs> Now, Eric, where are you now with your MMOG addiction? Are you on or are you off? Have you kicked, or is there a monkey on your back? I, I just, I, I just uh, shot up again. Um, <laughs> but, uh, By the way, hold on, Eric. Don't talk that way in front of your kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what that's did, okay. What... Um, they've been playing MMOs with us for for years now. Actually, you know uh, what? You even mentioned that your son had a little wow going on in the background. So, <laughs> yep, he, he he and my oldest daughter just started. Um, when I got back into it, basically uh, BlizzCon came out and they threw up the annual pass offer. And for me, I, that was just a, an irresistible sirens call. Um, you know, the idea of once you factor in the free copy of Diablo 3, um, that I was basically 
you know, paying to play WoW for about eight bucks a month. I, I just couldn't pass that up. Uh-huh. So, so now, do you have in. do you have in your house three separate accounts then, or do you guys all work on play a character on the same account? How does that work? We, we yeah. have actually have four separate accounts right now because my wife also plays. Ah, okay, okay. Um, the, the kids are still on on trial accounts, um, but I mean that that's not entirely unusual for us. I mean, when my wife and I were playing EverQuest back in the day, um, I think we might have had a total of five accounts between the two of us, and you know we'd each play one and, and box one or two accounts. So now, do you ever play with your kids? And if so, who has a harder time keeping up, them or you? Um. <laughs> it depends on who's trying to lead. Um, I mean, we they the kids have their own uh, City of Heroes accounts too. We played that more with them, I think, than than Warcraft at this point since they just started. But mm-hmm. you know, if if they have something they want to do, you know, they tend to just take off whether we're following or not. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it, it kind of gets like it, depending on how much sugar they've had and stuff. It could be like herding cats, but for the most part, it's it's always uh, it's always fun. Now, uh, if you were so, so I'm sorry. You are on or off WoW right now? Like, did the Steam sales? I'm, I'm back on. Yeah, the, okay. the annual pass uh, got me to, to pony up for a year, and um, I'm back uh, playing on Moonrunner with the Drop Bears, and just has, just having a great time again. All right, hold that thought real quick, Eric. I need to ask McMaster something. Hey, <laughs> McMaster, come here. What what odds do you want to lay that his game of the week is World of Warcraft? That's, I'll say two to one. I think he might do that to us. I think you're right. Okay, well, we'll, we'll stand by and try that. All right, welcome back, Eric. Okay, we just had to okay. consult on something there. Uh, <laughs> all right, so, uh, so uh, McMaster, where are you? Actually, this gives me an opportunity because I want to – I hope I'm not scooping anything you are wanted to talk about later. But didn't you have some form of experience, not necessarily a good or bad experience, with a yet-to-be-released MMO recently? And if so, should we table that discussion until later, or can I ask you about it now? You know, that's, like, a good question, because, uh, you know, well, let's table it for later. Oh, uh, there's something I want to talk about briefly, but but I do want to talk about it more. All right, well, hold that thought, then. Uh, all right, so, uh, Eric, I want to ask you about a couple of MMOs that I think have kind of ruined things like World of Warcraft for me. Like, I feel okay. that MMOs at this point, they're they're sort of codified with how they play, and they're, they have a lot in common. Uh, right. So I really respect when I try one that has something different and that has a great hook for me. So I want to mention a few to you and see if you've tried them. Uh, okay. Have you played uh, Rift? I have not. Okay. Uh, I heard good. it was I heard it was very well polished and, and did what it did very well, but in the end it was uh, pretty much a WoW like. So I, I did not uh, go for that one. Now it does have a lot in common with WoW, but a couple of things that it does very differently is this this dynamic world event system where every now and then it'll spawn armies and everybody has to fight the armies and the armies will march on the city and uh it's sort of like uh it it just drops the equivalent of raids right in the middle of the the world and i can see how some people might not care about that or might not want that but after playing rift when i went back to things like wow it just felt very static to me and i I think that system really spoiled me Uh, i also love in rift it has it freely lets you respec your character within the confines of a particular class. It's sort of like uh, each class has different subclasses, and at any time you want, you can like jigger your character around uh, to make a different subclass, a completely different build out of your character. In that regard, it's a bit like Guild Wars. So uh, I, you know, I play other MMOs where you have to commit to your choices. And where respecking isn't as easy, I should say, uh, mm-hmm. and that kind of makes it difficult for me. 
Um, so those are the reasons I like Rift. Let me ask you about another one. Have you played DC Universe Online? I have not. Okay. Um, I've been looking at it since it went free to play, um, but I was kind of waiting for all the, uh, the initial launch or relaunch growing pains to get ironed out before uh, giving it a try. Yeah, I don't know, and I'd be curious if that works for you because it doesn't feel at all like WoW. Like, like Rift definitely has that same basic template as WoW, as far as it like does, how the yeah. combat works. Yeah, but but DC Universe Online is much more like a kind of a not God of War level, but more of a, a moment-to-moment like fighting game experience kind of thing. I really like the action feel of that, and and, and that's why I never you know picked it up when it was for pay. Um, you know, I'm. Like brawlers and stuff like that aren't necessarily my genre of choice. So, you know, knowing right. it was more action-oriented combat, I figured I'd wait. And, and I mean, but now that it's free, I want to check it out. Yeah, it's worth uh, just uh, dipping your toe in. Uh, and then finally, of course, my one of my my pet games is Lord of the Rings Online. Did uh, Did you ever give that a shot? Yeah, I've got a an upper forties, low fifties guardian. Well, there you go. You've gotten as far as I have. Uh, have you been Have you been into Moria? Um, when I stopped playing, I had just finished all the entrance quests and basically walked through the door, and then I, I forget what happened at the time, but I, I just never got back to it. Well, so then explain to me, as someone who's tried both Lotro and WoW, uh, what makes one work, what makes you gravitate more towards WoW at this point? Um, well, I, I, I've been thinking a lot about that, too, lately, trying to figure out exactly what it is. I mean, personally, I, I like the, uh, the aesthetic, I like the stylized uh, you know the graphics. Um, so of, very, oh wow, you mean? Of wow, yes. Um, and at this point, wow is kind of like a uh, a big old plate of meatloaf and mashed potatoes. I mean, it, it's my comfort food. You know, it's a, a game I can just kind of slip back into at any point, and and know I'm just gonna be able to relax and have a good time with it. That is uh, really such a. I mean, that that's such uh, an almost intangible and just huge draw in so many games in a weird way. It's like so many games we just have that comfort food appeal. Like there may be a better game, but we don't want to learn it or we don't want to necessarily change something. It's just, uh, you know, I know this, I like this, I'm going to just stick with this. And, and, and plus, they've the, the WoW devs have, have given me enough to do that I can always log in if it's for 10 minutes or if it's for a couple hours. I always have, you know, plenty of stuff I can decide to, to go after, whether it's you know, an instance or quests or going for a pet or a mount or whatever. I mean, there's always something there to do, which I like. Now, haven't there been, hasn't there been a big, I, I know this because I got a press release recently. Wasn't there a big patch or some content add-on to WoW? And, and actually, maybe I'm scooping something we're going to talk about later. Yeah, uh, the, the big uh, 4.3 patch uh, just came out this week. Should we table that discussion or can I ask you about that now? Um. That was one of my choices for news story of the week. We can talk about it now, or uh... you know what? Hold that thought, then we'll get back okay. to that. So, all right. By the way, I want to say one other great thing about MMOG addiction. I thought of something while we were talking. Uh, I can imagine that ultimately, if you find yourself sucked in, into an MMO, I'm guessing that ultimately you would save money because while you're playing that MMO, you are not buying new sixty, fifty, forty dollar releases. Right, and, and and that that that's that's definitely true. Because by the time I, I get out of my current MMO phase, again, all the the new uh, releases that I've wanted to play are generally on Steam for half price or less. Right, <clears throat> and um, you know, I, I've in this my last non MMO session, I got I think I I felt I got burned a couple times picking up games, you know, right at release, 
Um, so I've kind of dialed back my new purchases to a very, you know, few specific uh, uh, games and developers that I know I'm going to be putting a lot of time in. So if it's kind of, if I'm a little iffy on it, then now it, it just, just automatically waits for a Steam sale. Uh, Eric, I'm hoping fervently that one of those is your game of the week. Uh, yes. Okay, good. Uh, hold on one second, Eric. So, McMaster, I think that means he didn't pick WoW. Oh, man. Uh, all right. Okay, we're back, Eric. All right. All right. Let's then go to uh, our news stories of the week before we get down to the meat and potatoes of games of the week. Uh, let's talk news. I'm going to go first. Because my news is not really news, because I think it's been out for a while. It's news to me. Uh, when I was playing Saints Row 3, uh, I, I started it about a week before it came out, uh, tore through it, loved the heck out of it, played it a little bit after it was released, did some co-op with some folks. Um, the entire time I was playing it, they hadn't yet put online their community features. Uh, one of the new features in Saints Row 3 is you can call up your little cell phone and you can enable a screenshot option. Uh, now, this is nothing new for people on the PC who can just use fraps or, or, or any screen capture thing to, to grab a screenshot. But on the Xbox 360, using your cell phone at Saints Row 3, you can grab a screenshot. You upload it to your little community page on the Internet, and you can go look at it on the Internet. And it's awesome, except that stuff wasn't enabled, uh, as far as I know, for over a week after the game was released. There were all these like online stat features you know, you go to uh, saintsrow.com, you log into your profile, you click on My Steelport. That's the name of the city where the game takes place. And you can look at all your stats, except, again, that stuff wasn't enabled when I was playing. Well, just last night, I checked, and, and they at some point they had turned it on, and it retroactively applies to anything you did before this stuff was enabled. So I was able to go on to My Steelport and look at all my screenshots. All of my stats were there. Uh, so that that stuff is finally active for Saints Row 3. And it made me and and I love that that sort of metagame aspect where you play a game and you can go online and sort of look at your accomplishments and you know the best games that do this offer additional social features. Um like McMaster, have you not uh registered for saintsrow.com because I was trying to find your profile. No, I haven't. I keep like meaning to. Maybe I'll, I'll just do that right now. Well, there was a reason. I mean, if you did it, if, if, if you had done it previously, nothing would have come of it because that stuff wasn't enabled. But one of the things you can do is you can look up other people's profiles and compare how you're doing. So I was trying to look up you, McMaster, because I wanted to be able to brag about something because I'm constantly beaten down by your pinball FX scores, but you weren't online. Uh, uh, However, one of the things, like, one of the big stats that pops up is the total number of kills that you've gotten in the game. And it breaks them down by civilians, cops, former gang members, and annoying mascots in big suits. Like, that's its own category for kills. Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I, I, having, you know, I've logged, you can see how much time you've logged. I've got 32 hours on the Xbox 360 version. I've also been playing on the PC. I didn't check. That's a separate profile. Uh, so, in those 32 hours, I've gotten 3,700 kills, which you would think is good, because that rates you in the total people who have registered on this feature, you know, that puts you in a percentile. I am proud to say the number of kills I have in Saints Row 3 puts me in the top 95 percentiles. <laughs> now, if you know math, 
you might realize that's not much of an achievement. I didn't know math. I looked at that, and I was like, wow, that's pretty good, until I looked and saw that the average number of kills, mine was 3,700, the average for the average person who's registered on this is 4,100. So even oh. though I've logged lots of time, I've finished the story, it shows you your progress on the, how many missions and how many neighborhoods you control and all that stuff, I, I apparently suck in, in terms of total kills. Uh, I'm in the bottom 5% for the whole freaking game. Uh, but I can... I felt, I've, you know what it made me feel, Eric? It made me feel like, well, dead gummit, I got work to do. I need to, I need to get online. <laughs> I need to put my nose to the Saints Row Three grindstone. Uh, I was, it was nice to finally get a look at my screenshots. I'll be posting some of those because I definitely, you know, there's this great sense in Saints Row Three of pride in your character and your car and your gun upgrades and parts of the city. And so I definitely, you know, posed for a few shots that I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing. Uh, they do a weird thing though. Where with your profile, uh, like all the stuff is arranged on a map of the city. So instead of just like looking at a list of my screenshots in my profile, you get a map of the city with little icons for everywhere I've taken a picture. And then you can click on the icon and look at the picture for someone. But uh, it, it's kind of odd. I'm not sure that it works very well. Um, and there's also no way to search for friends. Like McMaster, I could. Put, if I if you registered and I knew your your profile name, I could put it in an URL. But there's no like search box like find find uh, you know profiles with the name McMaster. There's nothing like that. They don't make it easy to find your friends and to find other people and to look at their profiles. Um, but it's enabled. I'm glad it's in there. Uh, it seems like it's not done as well as it could have been. The model for me for that sort of thing. Actually, let me ask you guys: Are there any games that you play that have that kind of like social? Meta game front end online that that you feel invested in. I know you play it as well. It's called Red Dead Redemption. Very good, <laughs> McMaster. Now, uh, so uh, Eric, I'm not as invested now, but you know, I was obsessed with it. Oh. <laughs> well, that's that's what I wanted to highlight. So, Eric, you don't have an Xbox 360, but have you played a, a Rockstar game on the PC, like Grand Theft uh, Auto 4, maybe? I, I have not. Um, okay. As for a social front end, the one that springs to my mind uh, is Battlefield 3. Ah, yes. Battlefield uh, 3 has a very good one. I mean, they, they basically – EA is so good at sort of like this Facebooking of some of their games. And, and in some instances, it is so freaking annoying. I hate their stupid auto-log feature for their racing games. But I love the way it works in Battlefield 3 where it's just a, it's a web page that you go through on the way to the game. Uh, and I love being able to log in at lunch or something like that and just kind of peruse, uh, you know, uh, look through and, and browse what my uh, next unlocks are going to be and you know, all that kind of thing. It's, I, I really enjoy it. And in, it's an instance, too, Eric, where because it has that kind of Facebook look to it and it's just you're passing on the way to checking something or it's just a web page, the fact that it pops up a little message when one of my friends has unlocked a, a, a weapon unlock or a class unlock or has gotten an award or something, I don't find annoying a little feed of those things because it's not in the way of me playing the game. It's just on the way there. and It, it feels natural. You know, you're my friend, so of course I've added you. I don't mind knowing that stuff about you. One of the weird things in Saints Row 3 on that map feature I mentioned, there's a live feed where it'll show icons of things that have happened recently, but those things are for everyone freaking playing the game. You know, I don't care if uh, Darth Badass 474 just killed, <laughs> just gained a new homie, you know, over in Broke. Yeah. I don't care about that I'm stuff. And, and that, that, that's, yeah, congratulations on that new homie, Master. Thanks. Uh, 
<laughs> but, but the fact that that's the that's the stuff that is being fed to me in Saints Row Three is a failing, whereas that's the stuff that's being fed to me in Battlefield Three about my friends. I approve of entirely. Right. Yes, um, I totally agree. So, McMaster, you mentioned Red Dead Redemption. I definitely want to call out Rockstar. They're little—they call it Social Club, yeah. and it's a yeah, front end cool. for all their games. And I remember registering for it in Grand Theft Auto Four and thinking this is really yeah. annoying. I want no part of it. But since then, they've done such a good job, specifically on two games. Uh, Red Dead Redemption calls up this, uh, uh, what's the name of the city? Blackwater? Blackwater Ledger. Uh, yeah. And it's like a newspaper front end, and it's got like different challenges, and the masthead, where the masthead of the newspaper would be on the left, that's your profile and your stats, uh, and the different articles are like community quest kind of things and they're all those social club challenges and you can check those you can check your status on unlocks for costumes um and because they're called social club challenges you can access them in the game but there's a sense that they kind of live here on this website uh uh, i really like that they also do one mcmaster for uh midnight club los angeles um which has I'm not sure you can access it in the game. I think it only exists on the web page. But you can unlock these levels of driver's licenses by accumulating things like the distance you've driven on two wheels or the number of objects you've hit in the world or the number of cumulative races you've won. So you fill in these bars, and it it, it ranks you for different levels of driver's license that will unlock a specific car in the game. Uh, so I, I think uh, Rockstar has the has their right now is the, sort of the state of the art of this kind of that and the Battlefield Three thing. Their state of the art for these meta game front ends. Uh, I, I, I really like what they're doing. Uh, yeah. uh, another game I mentioned last week that does this uh, is Anno Twenty Seventy, which is a, a city builder on the PC. Eric, do you do city builders by any chance? Um, I do on occasion. Uh, I, I hadn't heard of anno uh 2070 until you guys mentioned it on the podcast last week but i've been looking at it it does look uh really nice so you didn't play then uh like the the previous one was called dawn of discovery you didn't play that one either no i did not okay well they've they've done a good job with that kind of meta game but where they fail completely and this is really frustrating is they don't let you compare your status in the meta game to your friends they have a friends list uh, and there are a few people who I've got on my friends list, but I can't look at their profiles. You know, there's all this cool stuff in there about selecting a portrait, and uh, you, you know, I, I there are all these achievements and challenges you can unlock at different levels. And uh, but there's no way to look at how other people are doing in that regard. StarCraft II, by the way, has a great front end like that with with BattleNet. Um, so the fact that they've got all this great stuff in Anno 2070, but there's no way to look at it for my friends. It just sits there for me at my computer, kind of makes it feel a little hollow. Uh, and I'm really disappointed they haven't integrated that better uh, as a social feature. So so that's my news of the week, is that uh, finally Saints Row 3 has its little social features enabled. Um, my profile name is Tom Chick, if you want to verify that I do indeed have, what is it, about 3,700 kills, and that I am in the top 95 percentile. That is not an empty empty boast. You can verify that. Uh, All right, so there's my news of the week. Uh, Jason O. McMaster, what do you have for us for your news of the week? Um, My news of the week, my dear friends, Hmm? (laughs) is uh, the ESRB announcing that they want to... uh, you know, rate mobile apps, but failing somehow to get Apple and Google on board. <laughs> so they announced a rating system, and they were like, yeah, we got AT&T and Microsoft and Sprint and T-Mobile and 
U.S. Cellular and Verizon, and that's it. So until, you know, I mean, without Google or Apple, what, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. Now, do we know why Google and Apple aren't on board, McMaster? Uh, there's speculation. You know, I mean, for Apple, why would you do that? Because you've already got a huge empire going. You know, you don't really need the ESRB at all. So why would you, let, you know, even bother? Does Apple have an internal rating system? Like when you go to iTunes, does it rate content? Yeah, actually, I believe yes. it does. Yes, they do. Okay, yeah. so that's probably why they don't want to be involved. They're like, we've got our own thing going. And yeah, and they don't want to. You know, why? Why would you even get involved with the ESRB if they've never had anything to do with them? You know, there's that they had like the ESRB has no real leverage at all. Like they they could they have leverage against like you know the game companies because of you know the parents and the rating system and the mm -hmm. Grand Theft Autos all et cetera et cetera. Um, but yeah, they have nothing against Google or Apple. I mean, what are they going to do? Like pout at them? That does seem odd, though, because they do have such a long storied background with gaming. You know, for better or worse, they've been the go-to body for uh, determining, you know, the appropriateness of content for different age levels. Uh, it, it seems like Apple would want that sort of would want to participate in that, but it, maybe they just are just happy with the system they've got right now. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, they're Apple. Okay, I'll give you uh, an example. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, uh, my company develops apps um, for Android and uh, iPhone. Mm -hmm. And um, the process to put your app on your Android takes roughly f maybe 30 seconds. The process to even, like, get to a point where you can test, like, an iPod thing, you have to pay, like, 100 bucks and get approved. Apple called me. You know, on the phone to talk to me about why I wanted to be approved to make apps. So, so they have very stringent yeah. guidelines. Yes. So that's that's Apple. They they don't like outsiders. Mm -hmm. You know, if you know what I'm saying. They're kind of uh, yeah. They just they're they're very insular. Everything they do. So I, I just don't think they want like anybody involved in it that's not Apple. Okay. Now, that, that makes me then wonder, why isn't Google on board with Android if they're so laid back? Uh, maybe they're so laid back to a fault, they couldn't care less. I think that's probably it. They don't like to get involved with that kind of thing either. So I, I think it's sort of the same deal. So, Eric, this makes me wonder. You're a guy. You've got a, a wide range of kids in, in your apartment mm -hmm. right now. Uh, right. How do you feel about the ESRB and ESRB ratings? Has this been a part of, of your family? Is it something uh, that's controversial to you? How, how do you feel about the ESRB? Um, I, I, think, I think they serve a purpose. Um, I mean, especially uh, where, I mean, your average parent probably doesn't know, you know, video games from, from anything else. I mean, mm -hmm. they have no idea. Um, what they're buying their kids. So, I mean, it's good to have something on the box to at least give them a heads up about, you know, what they might be seeing. Um, I mean, for us, I, it, it doesn't do as much for us being, uh, you know, game literate. Right. You know, I, I know what kind of content a game has because I've read about it or talked about it or watched videos, you know, ahead of time. Or played it yourself. Or played it myself. Because um, I know, especially coming in with, with my son, who's 12 now, um, you know, trying to find that line between, you know, what games he can and can't play when his, you know, his friends all have Xboxes and they're all playing, you know, uh, 
you know, Halo and Gears and stuff like that. And, you know, and of course, I mean, it's, it's it, that's for us to decide for for him. But uh, you know, I, I can't imagine you know parents who who don't know anything about games not being able to go into this completely blind without any kind of you know, right. reference tool. Now, as a gamer, however, put in, put in on your, your gamer hat instead of your parent hat, mm-hmm. do you ever worry that the ESRB uh, is is squelching creativity or is preventing certain things from being in games that belong there? No. no. I, I, okay. I, I, that, that's never even you know come across my mind. I mean, if, if somebody wants to make something totally crazy and over the top, I mean – Especially in this day and age, I mean, if they want to just circumvent the SRB altogether, they can just offer it up online. Right. Um, so if, if if somebody feels the need to do something that radical, I mean, there's still avenues for them to get their their game out there. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it, it's the same thing, I guess, kind of like with the movie rating system. I mean, some games, I mean, some movies cut content to try and get a lower rating, and I mean, some games are going to cut content to try and get a lower rating, but. You know, I think if if the developer feels strongly about what they've got in their game, I mean, they'll 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 take the rating they can get. So, Eric, for the most part, I agree with you, but I want to bring up one instance. Uh, I, by the way, I'm I'm 99% on board with what the ESRB does and how they do it, but every now and then something comes up that I really feel I wish that they would. Uh, I don't want to say grow up because that's not really that I, I wish that they would have an appreciation for that they wouldn't be so strict about making content issues a black-and-white issue. And here's here's a specific thing I want to bring up. Uh, do, do you watch The Walking Dead by any chance? I have not, no. Have you seen Night of the Living Dead, the original black-and-white one? Yes. So you know there's a huge plot point in the original Night of the Living Dead where a little girl gets turned into a zombie and, like, kills her own mother. Uh, if you've seen 28 Days Later... You know the scene where Killian Murphy confronts a child zombie. It's like a it's like a big deal, uh, and and it's you know he has to kill this kid with a bat, and it's not a kid, it's a kid zombie. Uh, so I feel that's an important part of zombie mythology is kid zombies. You know what does this what what happens when a kid gets turned, and how significant a moment is that? Kid zombies can't exist in M-rated games apparently. Like that's apparently a hard line where the ESRB will not let that happen in a video game because it'll it won't be rated it won't get an m rating it'll get an uh yeah ao rating uh and i feel like that's a huge part of zombie mythology that basically gets locked out of video game zombie mythology and you know that's one of those one percent of the times where i'm like come on esrb uh don't be so strict look at you know don't you know this sort of like hard and fast rule doesn't serve the creative content of video games. Uh, for the most part, I'm on board with what you said, and I fully agree. If somebody wants to do something crazy and over the top, uh, you know what? Let them go with an AOO rating and let them circumvent the big publishers. That's fine. But, you know, I wish Dead Island had, had allowed for kid zombies uh, because it was yeah, such a part of their marketing. After, especially after that trailer. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right, yeah, the, right. yeah, it totally doesn't make sense. You know, they also had to change the... Uh, cover of the box or the logo uh from the dude uh, hanging from the tree to him like uh just kind of shambling wait a minute what there was the, there was the guy hung from the tree that that's not on the box right. no it's on the ones <laughs> you and i have but it's like it's not on the and if you got like a press copy uh but it's not like on the ones that uh went out Oh, I had no idea because that's such a distinctive logo to me is the silhouette of the tree and the dangling zombie from the noose. Yeah. Uh, wow. Well, and I also, you know, there are uh, 
there are kids in Skyrim and in Fallout 3, and you can't hurt them. You, you no, know? they're invincible. Yeah, and that's I, I understand. You should have a separate rating for if you, if you want a game where you can murder children. That's that's a dire thing, and it should be recognized as such. But to completely say this is not acceptable in any video game that's going to be commercially viable, I'm not I'm not sure I agree with. Uh, I wish that they would loosen up, and I think over time maybe that sort of thing might uh, they might loosen up on that. I don't know. Uh, but that that's where I disagree with what you're saying, Eric. For the most right. part, I'm totally on board with that, though. So. Uh, all right, so uh, we won't be seeing anytime soon the ESRB on iTunes or whatever the Google equivalent is. That uh, or App Market or Market. Right. No, it's the Market. That's what it is. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, Eric, what is your news of the week then? Um, well, it ties back into a uh, little bit of WoW talk earlier, and that's the uh, big Hour of Twilight uh, patch 4.3 landing this week. Aha! Which I asked about earlier. Now, wait a minute. It's called Hour of Twilight? Yes. Did Just they one. Do they know, though, that that's like the... Uh, <laughs> that's going to be over quickly. Uh, but do they know that's, uh, that's Twilight invokes something else these days? Uh, who knows? Maybe they're trying to pull that demographic into play. Aha! Good point. I think they have them. <laughs> well, what is this Hour of oh. Twilight? Uh, and... <laughs> Sorry. Explain what this is to us, Eric. Um, this introduces the uh, uh, the raid that finally lets you fight and defeat Deathwing. So this is the, probably the big end patch for uh, Cataclysm. Okay, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, okay. So it's the final content patch before they do a big... Yeah, okay. Well, I thought... So Cataclysm... That, so Deathwing is the dragon that busts loose and breaks everything in the world, right? Like, he's the main bad guy in the Cataclysm expansion. Yes. You couldn't fight him until now. That is correct. He uh, only he showed up in quests when you couldn't really attack him, and then he randomly flies around and incinerates a uh, a zone every now and then. But uh, no, he was not uh, killable up to this point. Well, now as a WoW player, how do you feel about that? I can't help but hear you say that, Eric, and think, wait a minute, if I've been playing this game for low these many months, and I can only now fight the main boss when they get around to patching him in. Um, that, that this, would... this, this, this isn't new, though. It, it was the exact same way in Burning Which... Crusade with Black Temple. It was the exact same way in Wrath of the Lich King uh, with the Lich King battle. Um, none of that came until the uh, the major final content patch. And I guess yeah, they're, they're this not... is kind of what WoW players are used to at this point. And they're not charging for these, right? These are free. No, content. no, no. These are free okay. content updates. Um, this included. Uh, uh, three new uh, five-man heroic dungeons, which I haven't done yet, but I hear they're they're uh, they're pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the new raid, uh, and then the new raid finder. So uh, they introduced the uh, looking for dungeon finder, so you can group up with random people from other servers. Well, now you can do that with raids, which is kind of a neat feature. Now that sounds like a neat feature, but from what I know of raiding, it seems like just being part of a pickup group of dudes doing a raid does that ever even work like if you randomly lump yourself in with other people well, it, it, it's generally a disaster um but uh to, to combat that they've actually created three tiers of raids for this there's the lowest end which is the dungeon finder raid it's all the encounters are easier but it also has a lower ah. level of uh reward lower level loot <clears throat> then there's the normal uh raid and then there's the heroic version so basically, so, when you oh, go they ahead, added a raid finder. Really? Yes. Yes. Wow. McMaster, why are you surprised at that, about this? Ah, uh, yeah, no, it's just kind of cool. 
Well, I mean, oh, yeah, you, okay. you still need to meet the minimum requirement for gear, which is like uh, item level 372 or something like that. Yeah. But again, it's easier uh, content. You're not getting the big rewards as you would raiding with your guild, and it lets you know more casual people see the content, which I think is I their main their main right. point. You know. So if you out. avail yourself of this finder, you are by default playing at the easier level for the raid. Right. Okay. You know that there's like a bunch of cat assers out there that are totally seething right now. Oh, probably. I mean, I mean, Deathwing's <laughs> already been killed. You know, it, it, it took all of not even a day for oh, yeah. uh, for the raid to get completed. So, which which I I find I think a little disappointing. It would have been nice if at least uh, you know took a few weeks of people you know working through the encounters to really to nail it down. You know, and that's that's like where they changed everything. You know, it's the game's just like not like that anymore at mm-hmm. all. You know, it's uh, it's all it's all so dumbed down comparably well, to the right. But on game. on the other hand, I mean. Right. Doing heroics in Wrath of the Lich King was kind of relaxing because it was, I mean, relatively. Oh, easy. I enjoyed it. You know, it's oh, so just kind I. of like. And then you hit the ones in, in Cataclysm, and you're banging oh, your head against all most of the time. You uh, know that one with the whirlwinds and shit. Oh, I hated yeah. it. <laughs> I got like the first week. I got thrown off that damn thing so many times. Yeah. Oh, so awful. But, McMaster, uh, is this making you want to go back into World of Warcraft? You know, the thing about World of Warcraft is, like, I, I go back, like, every once in a while, and I'll play for a little bit, and I'll have some fun, and, like, you know, I played a goblin for a bit recently, and, yeah. uh, I don't know, it, it, it's what it is. It sounds to <laughs> me like the answer to that question, McMaster, is no. <laughs> yeah, well, no. Oh, yeah, I, I also mess around on a lot of alts, I've been making low-level characters to play with my kids as they're leveling up, so, I mean, you know, for us, there's a lot to do, and plus... You know, t- taking up the uh, the annual pass offer. I mean, I'm oh, only paying no. eight bucks eight bucks a month for this, so I feel I can, you know, in in good conscience, just pop in, pop out, let it lie if I need to. Just you know, right. and just enjoy it casually. Now, uh, have, yeah. have you availed yourself, Eric, of this raid finder yet, or did this just recently go live? Like this, so this re- just went live uh, this week. Okay. Um, and my my gear on my main is is not high enough to even queue for it, so. I still have work to do on my equipment if I wanna if I wanna try it out. So so basically, you personally are no real threat to Deathwing. Is that what you're telling not me? Not at the moment, no. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm but should he be? He, he may eat me and choke on me, but that, that's about the size. Of it. <laughs> well, are you putting him on notice? Are you coming for it? <laughs> Is, will I'd, this I'd like to I'd like to see it at some point. All um, right. Whether that's uh, gearing up properly and and trying to raid with the drop bears, or if that's uh, you know gearing up at a slower pace and just trying it out with the uh, the raid finder one way or another I, i'm gonna i'll see it at some point. did you ever like do the old 40 man raids do i mean like all that stuff not in world of warcraft no i i did uh some Planes. 72 man raiding in uh in everquest yeah uh, anguish and and and, and areas like that yeah, I did a bunch of that too. Uh, I, I did like the forty mans, and then I did the twenty five mans in World of Warcraft, and then I never wanted to do any mans kind of quest again. So <laughs> it was awful. All right, so I, the uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, <coughs> sorry. I, I tend to enjoy the the ten man and the five mans more. Um, oh, ten ten is good. Uh, you know, like Karazhan's a great one. That's probably one of my favorite like things uh, out of the entirety of World of Warcraft is Karazhan. Um, so yeah, I know what you mean. All right, so that's the uh, Twilight Hour. Why is it called Twilight Hour, Eric? 
Um, I'm, I'm sure it ties in with the, uh, oh god, what's the name of the, the cult that, that helped him out? Uh, oh, Twilight, oh, uh, Twilight's Hammer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I see. That, that helped him come forth and all that stuff, so I'm sure it ties into that. And, you know, Twilight is the end of the day, and this is the end of Deathwing, so. Ah, uh, very good. Well, Deathwing, if you're listening, you are now on notice that, uh, Eric Campbell, what's your character's name, by the way? Uh, uh, Grimfang. <laughs> That's not bad. Uh, Grimfang is coming to get you, Deathwing. Deathwing versus Grimfang. You know, uh, I, I can't now, tell you, Eric, how much of a dork I feel like just by saying those names. <laughs> you know what? Now we're going to get uh, mail from Deathwing. I hope you're happy, Tom. <laughs> Deathwing, if you're listening, visit McMaster's house in North Dakota. <laughs> yes, in Nor- yes, go to North Dakota. <laughs> All right, so there's our news of the week. A little Saints Row 3 social features enabled. ESRB not interested in iTunes, or vice versa, I should say. And uh, now you can play a werewolf or a vampire in World of Warcraft. <laughs> That's sweet. Uh, games of the week. You guys ready for this? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to start because I'm going to tell you guys about a game that I will bet dollars to donuts neither of you is the least bit interested in. Uh, All right. This, this, is, this is, you can go ahead and just turn off your headsets, make a sandwich, whatever. Um, uh, yeah, I'll be back in a few. Yeah. Uh, this is, although, Eric, it is a PC game, so I don't, I don't know if you've ever gone to these lengths. This is a, a rather complicated strategy game called Distant Worlds, and they just released an expansion for it called Legends. Uh, Distant Worlds began as a really complicated, very spreadsheety, very AI-driven space strategy game. And what it, it had a lot in common with these historical strategy games that Paradox uh, makes, like Europa Universalis and Crusader Kings and Victoria and those things. And, and also, apparently, Wing Commander and Wing Commander 2, looking at that screenshot. <laughs> oh, because it's space? <laughs> no, it's a Kilrathi. What are you doing? Oh, the cat thing. You know what? They have so many. That's one of the, the kind of problems is there's so much just like like science fiction just stuff thrown in there. There's like cat people and bug people and dog people and bear people and the the crystal people and the robot people. And They're that. like Gary Gygax. You know, it, it's, the whole bug. it's a bug, it's a bear, it's a bug bear. You know, everything's a bear with that guy. Uh, it doesn't. It, it's that, but without any sort of thematic unity. It sounds like at least Gary Gygax was into bears. Uh, the whole. Di- <laughs> Sorry. Distant Worlds was just like throwing everything in. It was a it was a everything in the kitchen sink approach. And the problem with Distant Worlds in its initial release is that the the level of moment to moment gameplay it didn't really lend itself to that kind of detail i mean you were just looking at a spreadsheet it didn't matter if you had bug people or bear people or dog people or whatever they were just numbers so one of the things that they've increasingly improved is putting personality in the game and the most recent game this this legends add-on well i'm speaking of cat people let me get my little kilrathi here uh so the most recent add-on really adds a lot of personality and they do a great job on a couple of fronts sort of building gameplay out of these ideas that they've got for crazy things like bug people and bear people. Um, let me give you an example. Uh, actually, I think this has been in there all along, but you wouldn't realize it. You wouldn't necessarily have to know it uh, until now. Now there's mechanics that support it. But one of the, there's the spider people, of course. You know, you've got well, regular bug actually. people. Yeah, well, no, so, so here's the thing, Master. You've got, like, insectoid people, just like bug people, but then you've got arachnid people. They're like spider people. You see the difference? See? Yeah. 
Yeah, they have eight laws. Exactly. Yeah. Well, now here's the thing: the spider race. They're they're called the Deute, I think. Uh, I don't know where that word comes from. Who knows? But their little unique ability is every five years, they go through a two-year period of accelerated population growth. Uh-huh. That's if you're playing them, and if the other, if they're an AI race, they're also more aggressive, and they're going to be less inclined to agree to treaties and more inclined to attack you during that two-year period. So they go through these five-year periods as normal, and then two-year fierce periods, and then five-year normal periods, two-year fierce periods. So they've got that going for them. So but like cicadas, if, basically. You know what? Exactly. Very good, McMaster. Yeah. It's we cicadas. get a lot of cicadas here out in North Dakota. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, so, but but what they added in Distant World Legends are unique victory conditions for each race. Uh, so, for instance, uh, you know you win by conquering most of the galaxy, or by having a lot of population, uh, or by uh, controlling territory, um, or or income. So there's income, population, territory. But now a part of the victory condition is each race has specific things they're trying to do. For instance, there's a race of, like, the fish people. For instance, you could imagine their victory condition is to control the most ocean planets, uh, and they also need to have the largest starship in the galaxy. I don't know why. Maybe they put an ocean in there. <laughs> they have fish, a, you know. That's the they fish, all fish holes. You need a big pool. You know, you have to have a big swimming pool in the largest ocean. So that's their victory condition. That's one of the things they want to do. There's uh, there's an avatar race. They're like space elves. They're blue. Uh, I don't. They're the, they're the elf people. Whatever. Their victory condition, uh, because they are very uh, not dissolute. What's the word? Uh, they're they're in love with like luxury and uh, and and recreation and stuff like like space elves are. So their victory condition <laughs> is to have the highest tourist income, to control the most resort bases. Because one of the things you do in this game, if there are things like black holes and nebulas, you build a resort base near it, and people fly to the base, and they pay money to see it. Uh, So these space elves need to have the most resort bases, and they have to have the happiest people in all of the galaxy, which you do by pumping their colonies full of luxuries. So suddenly you're playing these crazy space elves, and you've you've got to cater to their space elfness. Um, so what what they did with like the spider race, for instance, and this is a new mechanic in the Legends expansion, is when you take over uh, another race's planets. Before you used to just assimilate them into your population, and if you grew enough of them, you could get some of their unique bonuses. Now you can either assimilate them, you can of course genocide them, you can relocate them to penal colonies, or you can enslave them. And if you enslave them, it just adds to labor. You know, any any races of that type then are less friendly towards you, of course. So now these spider people, one of their unique victory conditions is to enslave a certain number of other races. Uh, so one of the things that I really like that they've done with Legends is with these unique victory conditions, they've really catered to this flavor that they tried to put in the game and that got lost a little bit in the spreadsheetness of it. Um, they also add new things with... Uh, uh, borders, um, like now you can, you know, the, the galaxy has much more of a shape. It used to just be a big jumble, but now you can see uh, territory. When you explore a system, you kind of call dibs on it, so nobody else will settle it uh, unless they're aggressive towards you. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like, it's like friendly. It's like, tag, I got there first, mine, I call it, you can't have it. Uh, so that's been my game of the week, is discovering in this kind of big spreadsheet game, 
which is a lot like the Paradox games, uh, they've finally managed to put a lot of personality. One of the advantages of the Paradox games is they have history to, to sort of rest on. You know, those are all set in in these historical periods, and that you know that means something to us. And the maps, by the way, those are all familiar. We know what that part of the world looks like. We, we have something to relate to there. Uh, Distant Worlds never had that. It's much more of a free-form sandbox sci-fi game. But now, with this additional flavor, it's got some of that sort of uh, more of a hook for your imagination. So that's my game of the week, the Legends expansion for uh, Distant Worlds. Now, I've, I've read your uh, your front page post on this, hmm? and it, it sounds it sounds really good. Um, but I guess my one concern is I'm I'm more of a turn-based guy, and with it being real time, I guess how uh, I guess how stressful. I mean, yeah. is, is it is it your you know is it on you all all the time? Does it have lulls where you can actually sit and think, or I mean that kind of thing? I'm glad you mentioned that, Eric, because it's definitely a valid question. You know, g- guys who like intricate strategy games tend to worry rightly about you know how much is lost when you make it real time. You know, how much can you actually consider? And of course, you can pause this, but. Uh, you, you can pause and give orders freely, but but in answer to that, Eric, one of the unique aspects of Distant Worlds, and it's it's not necessarily, I mean, it's it's a strength, but it's also a weakness. One of the unique aspects of this game is that the AI does so much of it for you. So for me, a typical session of playing Distant Worlds is to set up the game the way I want, you know, the size of the galaxy and the starting positions and which race I'm going to be and the victory conditions, all that stuff, you know, the, how common uh, habitable planets are, how fast technology is going to go. There's so many like, sliders and variables you can set. So the first thing I do is I sit down and I figure out what kind of game do I want to play. And then you start it up, and you basically do nothing. You know, it's fine. You know, it totally takes care of, like, sending out scout ships. It totally will colonize planets for you. It'll develop. You know, the AI is such a huge part of the gameplay. The whole conceit of the game is that private industry is out of your hands. And that involves building factories, mining, settling population. All these ships are flying around that are run by private industry. You're just the government. You only control the military. So when you start a game of Distant Worlds, you basically have nothing to do for months and months and months of game time. So now, basically a lot of the stuff you would do in, say, uh, Gal Civ 2 or something like that is all kind of automated then. Exactly. Now, you can turn it off. There's no real reason to, because naturally, as soon as you find a planet you want to settle, you're going to settle that planet. And the, the AI knows that. It does that fine. You know, Part of what it's doing is that, that those early stages of Gal Civ 2, where you're just kind of going through the motions, even though you're the one clicking the buttons, you know, it feels like you're doing stuff. Uh, you know, you know, all that stuff the AI does for you. Uh, uh, so that's, that's the early stages of it. Now, what will then happen... Uh, is as the galaxy starts to take shape, you run into other races, borders start being drawn, you start unlocking more options for where to settle colonies, then there's room for you to get in there and make decisions and make choices and tell the the tell your your race what you want to do and 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 make diplomatic choices and uh, you know make decisions about where you're going to do your espionage um, so so what happens it's never a matter of of task overload so much it's a matter of when do you want to get in there and start affecting the shape of things oh, and 
Yeah, so it's a, it's a completely different kind of gameplay than a turn-based game or something like Gal Civ 2 where you're making all those decisions. Like those decisions you don't need to make. You can if you want, but it's kind of pointless early on. Uh, th- those are out of your hands. So th- it's a weird exercise in letting loose of control that a lot of turn-based gamers won't like. Uh, and right. I don't feel it's ever overbearing. Uh, it's just almost a, little, almost a little bit of a majesty kind of mechanic where you know the heroes there were all out of your control. You could just kind of nudge them in the direction that you wanted them to go. Fantastic, absolutely yes. But unlike Majesty, you can like Majesty, they would do what they wanted to do anyway. Unlike Majesty, you can turn it off and play it like Gal Civ if you want. The problem there might be then that like if you were to automate, if you were to turn off automation for all military stuff, then it might be overwhelming. Like it's right. designed for you to play that. But the Majesty analogy is very, very good, Eric. Very well put. Okay. Yeah. So and another problem with it, and someone mentioned this in the comment section, it's it's expensive. You know, this isn't something you're going to get for twenty bucks because you need distant worlds. You need this the first expansion called the Return of the Shakti. And I, I feel you need Legends. And to get Legends, you need that first expansion. You can't just get one or the other. Uh, so someone mentioned there's a bundle for like 60 bucks, but still, that's that's pricey. And for a kind of an, an iffy, bold game model like this, uh, I, I don't know what to tell folks. Uh, so That well, sounds very interesting. It really does. I've loved it in a way. So I've I've just had so much to play lately, but there's been this odd, relaxing kind of like just sort of sitting back and watching a strategy game like a galaxy sort of bloom. It's almost like a little garden grows, and then you decide, okay, what am I going to do? And sometimes I'll throw it out. I'm like, I don't like this setup. I'm going to forget this. I'm going to start over. So it, there's there's really nothing else quite like it as far as like Space 4X games go, uh, for better or worse. So that's my pick for game of the week. Uh, McMaster, what level are you in Distant World Legends? Uh, 65, I believe. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm, I'm big into that one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Master, you've played, you haven't seen me around. You've played uh, Paradox games, though. Yeah. Do you have any curiosity about that? This something like this, like a Paradox? honestly, I, you know, I actually kind of do. It's, it sounds kind of cool in a way that I would just probably start worlds and watch them build, and then I'd do it again. Like, I don't know. That's that's the kind of thing. I'd it's got a very ant farm vibe to it in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Like I could see getting into that and watching what the computer does. It's, it just seems fascinating to me. Yeah. But all right, so McMaster, I'm going to have you be the space dwarves. What do you think of that? Hey, I like dwarves. <laughs> I don't know about space dwarves, but all right, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Even Games Workshop killed the space dwarves. Did they really? <laughs> Are oh, there yeah, no space dwarves in Warhammer 40? There aren't, are there? Wait a minute. There used to be. There used to be. Squats. Squats, indeed. Well, fortunately, we've got plenty of dwarves in Skyrim. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, game of the week, then. Uh, Eric, let's save you for last. You okay with that? Yeah, yeah that's fine. All right, because I know we're going to want to talk about plenty of World of Warcraft when we get to you. Um, Jason O. McMaster, what is your choice? And actually, McMaster, I have no idea where you're going to go with this. Because I know it can't be the things that we've been playing a lot lately. Unless no. I don't, maybe you're going to go do some crazy thing and, and, oh, you know what? I know it's going to be. Go ahead. What do you got for us? Uh, you know, here's here's the hard decision. Because uh-huh. I, I, for a fact, want to talk about The Old Republic, which I did get to play a few hours of. Now, wait, now, wait uh, a minute. Now, wait a minute. What's the full name of it? Star Wars. Ah, right. Okay. The Old Republic. <laughs> okay, there's a but there, though, it sounds like. 
But then I received a Dota 2 beta invite last night, so uh, I'm playing the hell out of that. Are you going to take votes? Why don't, why don't you, <laughs> why don't you well, pull the audience to see which one they're more all interested right. hearing about? All right, all right, what do you guys want to hear about? I vote, I vote Old Republic. Uh, I, I, I vote the same. Okay. Right. You were with a couple See, of guys. I knew that's what was going to happen. So that's why that's why I went ahead and just prefaced it with like, you know, I just have to mention that Dota 2, I've been playing it. Uh, yeah, we'll get into it some other time after I've played it more. And I'm sure, um, Master, at some point we'll have someone on who's a big Dota fan, and then you guys can just Dota out with each other. Oh, yes, I'm sure we will. Okay, so, and, but uh, in the meantime, tell us about your, your experience with Star Wars, The Old Republic. Well, my experience with Star Wars The Old Republic started quite a while ago when uh, I received my beta invite. And uh, when I, I went to confirm it, and uh, I tried to log in, and it asked me for a security question uh, what my favorite activity is. And uh, I don't really remember putting anything in there. So I just start guessing stuff. And I probably put in about 100 or 200 entries. And a lot of them I'm not going to repeat because I was like, <laughs> let's just go all out. So uh, it's a text you know. box. It's not a drop-down list? No, it's a text box. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, God. So, you know, my account, of course, gets locked. But And, and you know, they have this huge thing. And it's a, apparently a big problem because I go to their website. They're getting hammered. And it says, you know, um, do not call the phone line unless you can't get in because of your security questions. So... I called the line, and I hold for like 45 minutes, and then I had to leave, and I was like, you know, I'm just done. So then uh, the, the next night, we were recording a podcast, and I held for like 40 minutes that night. And uh, sometime during the podcast, I received an email that said that uh, everyone's security questions had been reset because they were having such issues with them. So I could finally begin downloading the game. <laughs> So then I start downloading the game, and I leave it going overnight, and uh, come back, and it failed installing. So I start it again, come back, and it failed. just a weekend beta, right? Oh, yeah, this was like, so at this point, this is like Thursday. This yeah, is you, Thanksgiving, yeah. Oh. And you've only got a few days to play. You know, this right, is a time-sensitive issue. To, right, I get to start on Saturday, and it ends Monday evening. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I download it several times over Thanksgiving, fails every time uh and then i try it tried on my laptop and then it starts failing on my laptop and then the launcher just completely i don't know what happened like i rebooted it multiple times it just would not come up again uh it, it would like load into memory and then nothing would happen so uh yeah um so basically i gave up and this is after downloading the game about 10 times it's like 20 gigabytes of stuff it's not a small and, game, yeah. No, no, it's not. Everyone is voiced. There's like no text. So, uh, right. Um, so you know, I think the beta ends Sunday night, and I'm just like, I give up. So uh, I'm sitting at work the next day, and I, I think uh, and Jason Townsend messages me that it is in fact ending Monday night. So I download it again, and it actually worked this time. Aha. Uh -huh. And so I finally got to spend, like, I think I played for three or four hours um, as a Sith warrior. Okay. And uh, I, uh, you know, I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I expected. 
So uh, in three to four hours, I'm guessing you didn't, because at tenth level, you get to pick your more specific class, and it unlocks right. the talent tree stuff. I was, like, near level eight when the okay. server shut off or whatever, Monday night. So. That kind of sucks, because that's like, and I'm sure, Eric, you can back me up on this, those opening levels of an MMO, you really can't tell much about the game at large, you know, in those first ten levels for most MMOs. Exactly. Well, they usually pass so fast. That, that's true, yeah. yeah. Um, they do pass fast, and also one thing I've always noticed about, and this is just about every MMO, the first 10 to 20 levels are super freaking interesting. They're like, <laughs> t- they're totally catered to you. You know, it's like every quest is like the coolest thing in the world, and they do all sorts of crazy stuff, and that's to hook you. And then the rest of it's like, hey, dickhead, go get me 500 arrows. And now they're not going to drop every time, okay? They're going to drop maybe every tenth one. And you're going to go sit out there for like six hours. And I'm going to give you a sword. You know, I, I, it just, yeah, that bugs me. Well, so, now you know, one of those, of course, selling points for the Old Republic is each class, and there are four classes on each side, so there are basically eight storylines. Each class yeah. has a storyline that is that running parallel to your other go get me 500 arrows, dickhead stuff. Uh, and by the yes. way, sorry that we said that in front of your family, Eric. Uh, That's okay. We dropped the DH bomb. That's just no. yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm but, keeping it toned down. I, you know, it's, it could have been much worse, yes. That's like uh, a glass of cool milk. <laughs> so uh, what race did you pick, McMaster, for your Sith warrior? Um, well, I picked Sith. I'm, I'm not a jackass. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's not a race. What are you talking about? Is that a race? Yeah. The actual Sith. No, that's a philosophy. Is it? That's a race. <laughs> yeah, they were the red dudes. Like those are yeah. Zabrex, you dork. <laughs> that's Sith. That's what it, it was said. Sith on it. No like, Sith. I'm. I'm gonna. I swear to God. Wait a minute. Hold on. First of all, I don't know any of this stuff because I don't know about Star Wars. Uh, uh, I, I think I'm, I might have outed myself a little bit, but I don't think there's Sith. Isn't a race. Yes, the original Sith yeah. are Sith people. What? And it took off from there. Yeah. Well, those Darth Maul-looking dudes, those aren't Siths. Those are Zabrax, right? Yeah, something like that. He, he was not a Sith race Yeah, he member. was. He was a Sith, Sith ideology member. Right, so, they, okay. They died out, like, well before uh, that happened. Like, the Old Republic's a long... It's like during the Knights of the Old Republic. Time. Wait a minute, hold on then. So Darth Vader, everyone knows, Sith Lord. Isn't he a Sith Lord? He's just human, right? How can he yeah, be a right. Sith? Well, it's also a philosophy. Okay, McMaster, I think, first of all, maybe I'll throw one out of line here, but it sounds to me like you picked a Zabrek and thought you were something called a Sith. It's a Sith chick, I swear to God. By the way, that's my character. That was my, if I were, I, well, I, so I've been playing too, and my character's name is Sith Chick. So, <laughs> like you just, what are the odds of that, McMaster? Uh, all right, so uh, you picked, so... Uh, what kind of skill things like you're it was it's a tank right like you're basically the tank melee tank yes uh yeah i would say yeah and can you tell us much about what your storyline stuff was at this point did that register for you at all were you digging that part of it uh, how did that actually yeah that's that's what got me and what's funny is you know well i don't you know spoilers i guess if you're going to play a sith warrior and you're really going to get tore up about the first few hours um like, you start off, and it, it almost, like, turned me off immediately, because you, like, you do this whole thing where you get brought to the academy, and, you know, you talk to this guy, and it brings up the whole Bioware, like, three-choice system, you know, mm-hmm. the, the wheel. 
And um, in that part, I was like, hey, well, that's pretty cool. You know, that's a lot more interesting than most conversations in MMOs where you're just kind of standing there watching people, like, jump around you in a circle, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> while you're trying to talk to somebody. Like, oh, I'm getting a very important quest, and this guy's, like, you know, moonwalking and stuff, whatever. But anyway, uh, so, you know, I like that. Um, and I was like, well, that's pretty cool. And he's like, well, you have to fight your way through this tomb and get a Sith sword and then you'll have to, you know, kill a bunch of bugs with it, get some blood on it. I'm like, oh, God. So, you know, here we go. <laughs> you, you go in there and, you know, you kill a bunch of bugs and you get this sword and, like, I'm like, all right, since I've been trying to download this damn thing for, like, a week straight, basically, I'm going to play it until it turns off. So, um, I was like, let's keep going. And uh, then you get to the next area, and um, you know, it, it, the Sith uh, warrior storyline uh, starts to kind of get interesting in the Academy because you, you, you have this whole rivalry with this other student, and uh, there's mm-hmm. all these threats and posturing, and you, and you have to like make a bunch of uh, kind of morality choices for your, your part, like your uh, part of your quest in, for your training. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was I was interested by it. like just or I, I was intrigued by what they chose to do. You know, it's kind of like a big empowering thing that they do with the Sith warrior, from what I saw. You know, and, you, and you're you're making you're leaning your character towards light side or dark side as you're playing. Like that's part correct. of what those conversation choices are. Right. Exactly. You get like dark side or light side uh, points. Defending it, it, it's like it really is kind of like Knights of the Old Republic online. Yep. You now know. another way that it's kind of like Knights of the Old Republic, and I think this is one of their their selling points. Uh, did you get a companion yet? Because each each um, class has a unique companion that goes along. Yeah, with it. I got the quest. I didn't pick her up. I know which one it is because there was like a zillion dudes running around with. Isn't it the, like Twilight <laughs> chick or whatever? Uh, yeah, like you'll definitely see. You'll get your special companion, yeah. but then it's kind of odd to see. Oh, there's there's about twenty instances of this companion <laughs> yeah. in any given ten minute period running back and forth past you. Yeah, uh, the first time I saw her was like in the initial dungeon, and she's just like standing around talking, and I was like, well, that's kind of a weird NPC, you know. And then like I keep going, you keep seeing her like everywhere and it's like god she gets around you know and then of course <laughs> you're like oh okay yeah it's like the whole thing is you can have a whole like a party of followers right um i you haven't get, gotten that far you get more companions that do uh more the crafting is in the companion so you get some companions right. that are basically they just stay on your ship and craft uh but you get this one companion who stays with you, and part of what they do, which is also like Knights of the Old Republic and Bioware's other games, is the choices you make in conversations can earn you what are called affection points. So you're basically improving your companion's level in terms of how much he or she, or it, if you've got a droid, likes you. So that's another one of the hooks for that interactive conversation, is as well as skewing light or dark side, you're trying to pick things that your companion would approve of. Uh, and some of that can be real, like guessing, gamey, like yeah, know, yeah. Uh, well, it's just yeah, that's the yeah, the whole question like puzzle or like the conversation puzzle they do. Right, yeah. right. Uh, so, so you got so you got a few hours in, so you are then looking forward I'm, to it more or yeah, less nah, than you were or you played um, much more than I was before I played because uh, you know. Uh, I like to give every game a chance, but I'm more in the old uh, 
I, I'm with you on Star Wars. We'll put it that way. At this point, <laughs> at, this, at this point in life, and that would uh, be uh, the family friendly way to say that would be F Star Wars. That's correct. Yes, uh, you know, and my biggest problem is that after a million licensed products, and after just seeing it and having it shoved in your face for years, other than the fact that like the quality of the entire Star Wars franchise has dropped significantly mm. in the last ten years. It's just, uh, you know, it's it's more depressing to me usually than right. anything else. So it's always like more of a pleasant surprise when something doesn't make me want to just cry. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I will say there's something undeniably appealing to the kid in me once the lightsabers start flashing. Oh, you know, once well, you're doing yeah. – I mean, that just – like I've – Playing a ranged character in, in Star Wars The Old Republic it can be cool, and it has a good sci-fi feel, and the companion stuff. You know, some at times it reminds me of what I liked about Star Trek Online, where you commanded a landing party. You know, some of that could be kind of cool. But there's something so undeniably appealing about that hand-to-hand combat with a lightsaber. You know, yeah. that it's, it's well animated, and the sound is in there, and that just, that just taps uh, into some little corner of my brain that was like... That that twelve year old I mean, kid that loves Star Wars. It, it's so ingrained in yeah, I mean, yeah. who every who That's, we are and our our media consumption and I mean how we grew up. I mean it, it just yeah. I mean it just gets you excited. So that Eric sound ha- alone is just absolutely Pavlovian. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm drooling now. I, uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, well, Eric, so how what what are your feelings about uh, Old Republic? You know, December twentieth. Does this date matter to you or not? Um, no, not really. Um, you know, I've been, I've been watching it and, and following it, you know, kind of with half an eye towards it. Um, yeah, I, I love the, the KOTOR games and, but yeah, I, I don't know. There's just something about it that just hasn't, uh, hasn't really caught with me, you know? Mm-hmm. I watched a lot of, it? I have not tried it. Okay. Um, I, I I've watched, I've watched a lot of the coverage, uh, that, uh, was it uh, Total Biscuit did at that Gamescom? Um, uh, that, played... You mean that big dungeon? Oh god, that was a bummer. Well, he also played through the the Sith Warrior line that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I saw him play through a lot of that, and it's interesting. It's it's definitely Bioware. Um, oh, yeah. The PvP. Oh, them, yeah. The the PvP looks what's somewhat interesting. What did uh, they show of the PvP? The little arena kind of battle thing? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. There, there's a couple different. Uh, there, there's one that's kind of like a, I guess, I guess closest thing would be like a football kind of game. It's a, yeah, hut ball. ball. Hut ball, yes. Um, and that, that looked okay. Kind of corny, I think, the whole idea of it. But uh, And then there, there are a little, you know, more arena-esque where you have to capture points and, and things like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I just don't know from, I mean, from the concept art on, it's it's been okay, but for whatever reason, it just hasn't... Uh, Really caught it, my interest. It's totally nice, the old public. That's yeah. it's like the, the entire feeling I got from it. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's it's, it's something I'm sure I'll, I'll I'll pick up at some point and and play through, you know, the different storylines to see that kind of thing. But you know, whether it's something that I would consider playing for a long period of time or not, I I, I just don't know. But at this point, Eric, you were saying that 2011 for you will be a old republic free year yes yes all right i don't have it pre-ordered i have i have no plans to, to pick it up all right in that case you can't be in the guild with me and jason o mcmaster 
That's true. Hey, did so, you join? You haven't joined my guild yet. What are you doing? I have no you idea how the guild, guild stuff. First of all, I have no idea how the guild stuff works. <laughs> Second of all, I hate this I playing the, playing these games right now when you know your character is going to get wiped. Just has this this yeah. existential I, sense of futility. <laughs> like, yeah, I can't tell you right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I generally don't like betas, you know, just for yeah. that very reason. And plus, I mean, you're, you're just spoiling it all for yourself and then have to go back and play through it all all over again. And, right. Yeah, I, I don't like that. Well, see, here's the here's the thing. Like, playing through at least that little bit of it at least ensured that I, I might actually open my collector's edition copy of it when it gets here <laughs> instead of leaving it sealed. You know? That is a good thing. What comes I mean, with I'll that, be, I'm what reviewing you... it, actually. But, uh, you know, I think there's a statue or something. I, I don't know. I just I, I just order stuff, you know. <laughs> I, I just kind of just do it. And then I oh, go, that, oh, yeah. That, and then yeah. it shows up, and it's like Christmas. Um, I think so, I think the whole collector's edition thing is kind of getting out oh. of hand. Between that and the Skyrim one, I mean, 150 bucks. Uh, get out of here. What came with the Skyrim yeah. one? What do you get in Skyrim? A, 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 a plastic dragon statue. Oh, uh, well, you're kidding me. <laughs> I have it. Do you get anything I in know. the game? Is there anything unique in the game, or like, can you wear? Uh, no, you get a special I don't think hat? so. No. All right. Uh, well, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah. All right, so McMaster, your game of the week, Star Wars Old Republic, uh, the beta, not technically the actual game. Uh, so, oh, yeah. Um, also, uh, you know, speaking of getting things, uh, I'm reviewing uh, U-Star MTV, and uh, there's a funny story behind it, but I have a, I have an extra sealed copy. Can, can we have, like, a raffle? <laughs> you, I'll send it to someone. You are trying to give away a copy. You were trying to saddle some poor this <laughs> with a copy of U Star MTV. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, because like it, it got shipped to my old address and I thought it was gone, so uh, I just uh, ordered another one. And then all of a sudden, it showed up at my house uh, the same day I got the other one. I was like, oh great, double the snooky. You know what, McMaster? <laughs> if you can give that away, more power to you. I, I would recommend. Why don't Why don't you make a post? Uh. You know, like post yeah. in this. You're, what do you do when you start? Is that a singing game, a dancing game? What is that? That's a connect game. Oh, oh good lord! Um, oh. It, it no no no. Just just wait. You, you might appreciate this one. It has hilarity factor. Um, they have this uh, like technology that takes a shot of you and it gets your outline and then it kind of captures you. So you act in these scenes. You replace the actor. So like you can be Snooky. I don't even know who that is. Does, does it seriously have Snooky in it? Oh yeah, it's U Star on MTV. I swear to God, oh. it's got it's got the real world. It's got Jersey Shore. It's it's awesome. If you, I don't know. Sure, that's I can't work for it. <laughs> I can't get it. I can't get that excited. Well, you unfortunately, know, I as an employee of Quarter Three, I'm not eligible for this contest. So rats. That is a shame. I'm out of the running. Since- I, as a guest, anyway. choose not to be eligible. <laughs> no, but your family is. Your family is totally yeah. eligible, Eric. You might oh. want to get them in on that contest. That, that, that's quite all right. Uh, all right, so look to the front page for how you can win a copy of U-Star MTV in which you can be snooky, whatever that is. Uh, I'll even sign it. I'll sign it. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, Eric, that leaves you. Your game of the okay. week, I know, I'm pretty sure it's not World of Warcraft. I know it's not Skyrim. It, it was uh, it was on the list. Um, okay. I had a list of about four games, and I am trying was trying to narrow it down. But no, not WoW. 
All right. Um, Give us Sky, hints. Can, can you make it? Oh, go ahead. Skyrim was close. Um, I've been I've been enjoying enjoying the absolute hell out of Skyrim. Oh, so you, you know what? I just mentally think this is my this is I, I have to confess when you say you don't have a 360, I just mentally am like, oh, then he's not playing Skyrim. But I forget no, it's on the I've, PC as well. I've, I've played all the major Elder Scrolls games uh, since Arena, mm-hmm. uh, oh, which my yeah. which my wife likes to lord over me that she beat and I didn't. Um, back wow, then. that's quite <laughs> Battlespire. I just want to say, hold on here. I, I, I didn't play to... the offshoot games. Uh, so. Your wife beat Arena. Yes. Okay. I, I just I, wanted... I watched I watched the ending of the game over her shoulder, and I you know I'm I'm not too uh, too proud to admit it. So Eric, if you're still on the fence about this, I just want to say it sounds like she's a keeper. She is. She is. Uh, <laughs> last Friday was our our 17 year wedding anniversary. Holy so. cats! Wow! Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Wow. And she ha- she hasn't run off yet, so. Um. <laughs> Uh, all right, so it's not Skyrim, it's not World of Warcraft. Give us clues now. Let's see. Let's see. This is a contest between me and McMaster. Based on clues okay. you give us, who can guess your game first? Okay. Um, there was a uh, an announcement this week about some upcoming content for Arkham City. No. All right. <laughs> good, good lord, chick. <laughs> I really want to win. I, what does the winner get? Oh man. Uh, um, okay. Keep going. We've, we've mentioned it on the podcast so far. Whoa. Uh, oh, today, huh? I'm just going to start throwing out names of things we've mentioned. Uh, <laughs> Distant World Legends. World no. No, no, no. Oh. Give us better clues. Your clues. Are- um, it, it's, it's, got a, it's got a nice front end. Battlefield 3. three. Oh, yeah. tie. It's a tie. Oh, whatever. So we have to arm wrestle for it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when is, have they announced when this return to, is, first of all did we pick right and second of all has there been an announcement about when the return to Karkand maps are coming out uh, yes you are absolutely, both absolutely correct uh, and the uh, back to Karkand pack is out on December 7th for PS3 and December 14th for PC and 360 oh for Pete's sake wait a minute that can't be right uh, it's on the let's... PS3 for a week before yeah PS3 uh, got a, a week lead Exclusive on that. Oh, don't you know that it's part of EA's kiss the ass of Sony's like program they've been running for like the last few years? That's insane. What? First of all, who plays on the PS3? Yeah, I mean, like, what the? I, I don't know. That, that kind of made me mad. But I'm, ju- I'm just kidding. It, it is what it is, you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, looking at what they've released about the the Karkand, uh maps, it just looks absolutely awesome. Um. Yeah, I mean, I've been playing, uh, you know, I, Battlefield. I, I didn't play any of the previous Battlefields other than Bad Company 2. That was kind of my introduction to it. Oh, uh, that's odd. So you're fairly late to the series then. That's a pretty yeah. fun multiplayer, though. And yeah. and I didn't pick up Bad Company 2 until, you know, it had already been on a Steam sale. So it was already pretty late in, in that game's life. Um, but I just, I absolutely loved it. Well, uh-huh. let me ask you real quick before you talk about Battlefield 3. So, sure. what uh, if if you hadn't played any of these kind of games before? Is this kind of gameplay new to you? Had you done any? Uh, had you had any background with team-based shooters before? Um, before that, mainly uh, Team Fortress 2. Okay, I played a, I played a whole lot of Team Fortress 2, um, and it, I've always liked the look of Bad Company 2. You know, seeing the videos and stuff about it, so I, I wound up picking it up on a Steam sale and just really enjoyed it after. I figured out how not to die in five seconds after spawning. Yeah. 
Um, and not don't play the single player. That's that's the best. Actually, I played, I played the single player first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, I did. To try, just to try and figure it all out. Um, but, so then, uh, when Battlefield Three was coming out, you were looking forward to it. You'd already yeah. sort of established that you like these kind of games. Uh, yeah, I, I, I this mm-hmm. is one game I actually did get in on the beta, um, mm-hmm. and I just. I mean, even even it was just the one metro map. I never got to play uh, the Caspian border map in the beta. It was just fantastic. And uh, during uh, late in the when I was playing Bad Company two and when Battlefield three was was still being talked about um, initially, um, I started going over to uh, website uh, tacticalgamer.com and and you know reading up with those guys who are really you know diehard about this these games. And uh, I've mainly been playing on their servers, and it's it's just when everything goes <coughs> according to plan. I mean, it's just a, such a fantastic experience. Um, I mean, they have a whole uh, one of their members wrote a script for Teamspeak three, so that if you change squads or teams, it automatically changes your Teamspeak channel. So you're always in Teamspeak with you know the rest of your squad and everything. And it's just That's you know when awesome. you're. It is. It really is. And when you're working together and you're communicating, there's just there's no better uh, shooter that I've, I've played. Well, kind of. That's not really fair. Then that's what. That's not fair at all. Because I always, when I play, I get grouped with yahoos who know as little it's, about what they're doing as me, and I can't talk to them. It's called being awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, wait. So, uh, do you do you how? First of all, uh, tell us a bit about what role and what gun you've been using. Like, what are your what are your current tools of choice? Um, in the context I, of the game, I haven't played a whole heck of a lot, so I'm only like level twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mostly play assault, mm-hmm. um, and just I use the the starter gun, you know. And uh, I finally started unlocking. I finally just got the uh, the red dot sight the other day. And, oh, uh, so you haven't even seen that like thermal scope thing? No, I've died to it quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> You've you know, seen it, it through the kill cam. Yeah, <laughs> it, it gets frustrating when you, you lay down smoke and you're getting ready to charge that point, and as soon as you pop your head up, you know somebody mows you down, and you see the the, uh, the kill listing, and of course they've got the, the infrared scope. And, but uh, you know, most of the time, the, the game is just it's just so much fun. So when you uh, when you join one of the tactical gamer servers, uh, you have Teamspeak running in the background. Like Teamspeak is it's not yeah then games yeah you have to you actually have to go to the site, sign up, and uh, you know register with the website, and then you can get uh, the Teamspeak information, and you log in and you just get into the uh, the Battlefield Three lobby, and then whenever you get on, they have three servers, and when you ever get onto one of those servers, it'll automatically switch you onto the right team, into the right squad, and uh, you know, it's something they, they, they really promote. And, again, once once you get in with a team that's actually talking and, and mm-hmm. you know, coming up with strategies and, you know, you know, uh, you know figuring out what kits are going to be, what you're doing, are you in tanks, are you, you know, doing infantry, it, it really, the game just sings, and it's, uh, it's just fantastic. Now, are you at the point yet where you recognize some of the same people, or you, you just, it's sort of a luck of the draw whether you get thrown in with people who are communicative and helpful? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you seeking out specific players to join? Um, you try, uh, but I mean, even uh, I recognize a lot of the players, of course, from the forums. Uh, you know, that's generally my stop after after quarter to three when I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I have an idea of who their their better players are. But I mean, by the time I join a server, those players tend to be in full squads already. Right. Um, but even you know the <laughs> folks around those forums or the even the pubby players that come on to those servers, I think they they kind of get it. 
after a little while. Right, right. And so they're they're willing to talk to you and, and uh, you know if somebody's they they really monitor their servers. So if somebody's being a real lone wolf or being a problem, they'll just they'll just boot them from the server. I love that. I love that. Uh, so so the site is it tacticalgamers.com? Tactical yeah tacticalgamer.com. Gamer just one of them. Yep. Okay. Speaking yeah, of lone I, wolves, I found them. Uh, Going through YouTube, they, they've done a whole bunch of videos uh, uh, for Bad Company 2 and, and other games. I found them through the Bad Company 2 videos. And they're a real nice bunch of folks. Now, Eric, what do uh, your wife and children think of you sitting in front of a computer talking to random people on the Internet about <laughs> where you're going to shoot and watch out for the dude on the left and I'm going in and that kind of stuff? Um, they, do they, you they get any look- guff? They look at me kind of weird. Um, I mean, most of the kids don't see me play because I tend to to wait for those kind of games until after the younger kids are already in bed. Because they will tease you mercilessly. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. I, I try and be good about what uh, what they see me playing. Right, right. Um, uh, tell me, what maps do you hate and what maps do you love? Uh, you know, for for the most part, I don't hate any of the maps. Come um, on, I'm, everybody hates Metro. You don't hate Metro. I'm not a huge fan of Metro. Okay. Um, but I don't hate. hate it. All right. I, okay. I, I don't hate it. Um, I've actually gone to some of the the thousand ticket Metro uh, Conquest servers. Yeah. Uh, I did that to to grind out the uh, uh, the M320, the smoke, and all that stuff. Because I mean, in my normal play, I'm not that good, so I'm never gonna get all the kills I need to unlock that kind of stuff. So. I, I, I bit the bullet and, and played two or three rounds on a, one of those thousand ticket servers. And Wait a minute! So people are putting those servers up just to basically grind them for for kills and uh, and leveling up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that's that's, uh, that's happened in a lot of games. You know that makes sense, I, <laughs> I guess. Mean, they're, but they're, I, they're, I everybody everybody's playing. I mean, but I mean that right, Metro right. on Conquest it just turns into a, a stalemate at the, at the escalators. So, I mean, the best I can do is I run around with my paddles, I try and res everybody, throw out some grenades, and, you know, get well, you some know, points. You can't, know, I can't deny that some of my most, some of my highest scoring matches were on Metro as an engineer, just like chucking out uh, containers of ammo. <laughs> just not getting in the line of yeah. fire, just hanging back and throwing ammo around and, you know, leveling up like crazy. So, I, yeah. I guess I'm guilty of that, but I never did it intentionally. It always yeah. happened in the course of a normal map cycle or whatever you call it. So, I, never, I did it. I did it specifically to get the smoke uh, for the the, the underslung grenade launcher because you know I I just want to like when I'm playing with the tactical gamer group I want to be able to bring you know what is necessary. That's very sweet. You did it for them. <laughs> At least that's what I tell myself. <laughs> no, you know that's a, that, I think that's perfectly viable. Good for you. Uh, yeah, all right. That's a, yeah, that's a great game. Uh, you know, and that's the great thing about it is it like it lets you play any way you want. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know. Like, if you want to run around and just dish out ammo, you can. Not to say yeah. that I don't also shoot my gun sometimes, McMaster. Well, well absolutely. <laughs> it is. Uh. And, 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 I mean, it, it is fun just to, to jump on a, you know, a random server every once in a while and just run around on your own and see what you can do. It's kind of relaxing in a way. Um, but, uh, I mean, nothing Yeah, nothing compares to when you got a, a squad and then the, the whole team working together. Now, it's, had, it's a totally had, different game. Mm-hmm. Have you played with the folks? Because I'm pretty sure I've seen you on my friends list. I haven't been in there in a while. Uh, but have you uh, joined up with any folks from quarter to three? I don't believe so. Um, again, I, I tend to log in and then just head straight for those servers. Sure. 
One of the things they recently added, they patched in, was uh, friendlier squad. Like, like, it's easier to form squads with people that you know. And that's right. one of the things I'm looking forward to getting back into when I start playing again, is this idea that, that like, you and me, and maybe we'd even let McMaster come along, could oh, start a four-player, as a four-player group, jump onto a server together, rather than having to, like, go find another server and hope we get lumped in with someone and that, that makes a huge difference, and, and even in just on any random server, if you have a full squad of, of people you can talk to and you know, I mean, it just makes a world of difference in how the round goes. Exactly. Uh, McMaster, we need you to carry the ammo. All right, I can do that. All right. <laughs> All right, so Battlefield 3, good. Uh, and, I, yeah, I, I love that game. Uh, so last week we spoke briefly about some of the differences between Modern Warfare 3 and Battlefield 3, both very good games in their own terms. Is Modern Warfare 3 something that you've uh, played or had any interest in, Eric? I've, I've never played a Call of Duty game. Uh, just just for whatever reason, uh, the style of play just it didn't appeal to me as much. All right. Okay. Well, I don't think, uh, you know, it sounds like you're, you're very comfortable with the niche that you found. So <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's see, you said level 12. Good. Congratulations on that. Uh, you're using the default gun. You're an assault guy. And for anyone listening, he has this underslung smoke launcher uh, unlocked. So you've got that going for you. Oh, yeah. It's a fairly early unlock, so it wasn't that hard. <laughs> you know what? I don't have it. So there. Uh, I've been, I've been, what am I? Because I, I, they're not the normal. Is the assault guy the one who heals people up or no? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yes. Yeah, he's assault, got the med kit right. battles. Because I just want to say, oh, that's right, you said that's what you're doing on Metro. I want to say that's a terrible name for your medic class. Assault? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's not... That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, you don't want your medic to think of himself <laughs> as the assaulting guy. That's... No. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it depends on how you kit him out, too. You give him the grenade launcher and, and some other stuff, and he's more of an attack person. But still, yeah, it, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, either. But you know what? Uh, I applaud the, the fact they kind of recognize, look, no one wants to be just a dedicated medic... Uh, let's let's give him a machine gun. Give him a machine gun and a sexier name. Yeah, uh, McMaster. What do you call the medics in Star Wars: Old Republic? Oh, you know, I actually don't uh, don't remember. I could be wrong about this, but I think on the the Sith side they are Inquisitors. Sounds pretty. Are they, I thought they were like the wizards. I thought smugglers healed. Okay. Well, that, that might be on the good guy's side. Maybe Imperial Agent? Wait a minute. I thought on the... No, it's not Agents. I thought on the good guy's side, they were Consulars. Maybe those are just wizards and Jedi not. Consulars. Yeah, see, I, I thought the Sith Inquisitor was like the caster class, you know? But maybe they heal, too. I, I don't know. Well, you know what? I didn't play one, so I don't know either. I just thought... I looked at that class and was like, oh, I think that's the healer. I could be wrong. At any rate, they're not called clerics or healers or anything <laughs> like that. You or have like, to come up these days with a sexy name for your medic class or no one's going to play it. I remember Auto Assault and it had those awesome healer cars. Ooh, what were they? No. Those, those of course car? you don't remember Auto Assault. <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> but what do you call, is it a tow truck? What do you call your healer car in Auto Assault? I, I don't remember. I just remember that the, the healer car actually had like a healing aura. And it was just the stupidest damn thing. It might have been a, sto a tow truck, or it was like a mechanic or engineer or something. <laughs> right, right. All right. It's so oh. stupid. 
that's, that's, it. that's that's one of the things I'm looking forward to about Guild Wars 2 is just moving away from that whole uh, oh, yeah. idea of like the Holy Trinity and you need the healer and the tank and the DPS. Eric, will you please, please, please tell those guys to announce a release date already? I want I, I'm not going to get psyched about it until I know when I can actually play it. And I, I, I wish they would too. It just looks so good. I got to go up there and look at it. I got to. I got to. Uh, Game Pro sent me up there to, to write it up, and I, you know, they had an early build of it that you could sit down and play, and the classes were in there. And I'm so ready. You know, I talk about things like like uh, Rift and DC Universe Online and Lord of the Rings Online, sort of mixing things up for me. But good lord, I, I wish those Guild Wars two guys would hurry up and show us what they can do. You know, yeah. hey, um, speaking of Game Pro, did you hear the news? No, I, I don't like the the tone of your voice. This sounds like it's going to be bad news. What? It's not good news. They're shutting down. What? November's November's their last issue. Oh, wow. the print magazine. But what about the? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, actually, uh, it's just as something. Game Pro magazine announced that it will cease publication. So, I guess it's not the online part. Okay, well that's fine. I mean, that, I feel bad for everyone on the print side, but they didn't use me very much, so I. Uh, uh, it says actually corresponding website. Oh well, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> so wait, what date did you say, McMaster? Uh, December fifth oh, is when the okay. website will start. Well, the November issue is the last one, and December fifth it will begin format forwarding to PC Gamer. Dot com or something oh so it sounds like the site is closed oh well that's too bad Just poor guys i know well, pcworld.com will that's where they'll start going right right oh well we wish the best uh to folks at game pro that's that's bad news for them uh but there's yes. always you know what if anyone at game pro doesn't have a job and wants to come over to quarter to three we pay in free copies of U star mtv <laughs> well yeah we will definitely uh, glad. I'll give you an advance oh. if you just let me know. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, games of the week. We had a little Star Wars: Old Republic, a little Distant World Legends, and a little Battlefield Three. Uh, what are we gonna do, you guys? Now that all the new games are already out, uh, enjoy the hell out of them. You know what? I guess so. Now's the time where we actually play them <laughs> instead of scramble to okay. keep up. Yeah. I have to ask you, I have to ask you, are you going to continue playing Skyrim? Oh, absolutely. Tom? Yeah, see, I'm thinking. Uh, <laughs> I, oh, here's a question. Here's, a, here's the was, answer. There was, some, there was some funkiness with this latest patch, so I've been kind of yes. sitting on it until they get it all fixed. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm itching to get back in there. Well, is, this, is this verifiable, is this funkiness verifiable in that it affects everyone, or is it just the usual it's glitches? It's not everyone. Okay. Um, yeah. Sarah, I think, is in there playing right now. She's like level 43 or something, and she hasn't seen any problems yet today, I don't think. so. Well, here's the thing. Let me just, uh, you know what, let's briefly go around the table and say where we are with Skyrim. Uh, I, I love it, by the way. I quite like it. I turned in my review, so in a way I'm finished with it. The way I approached the storyline, um, I kind of feel like, I use the term uh, when I was describing how it sort of plays, that it's like a narrative loom. So when I sat down yeah. to play it, the story that I wanted to play, I wanted to be a magic user. I did the magic user quests. I got to the end of that, which was pretty cool. Uh, I tidied up some of the loose ends for the, the mage's college, and I'm working with some of the, the other mages up there, and there's a few things you can do with spells. But I feel like I set out to become the most badass magic user in Skyrim. I did that. 
And along the way, hey, I'm Dragonborn. I have these cool shouts I can do, and there are a few leads I can investigate if I want to figure out what the deal is with the dragons and why the Aldmeri Dominion doesn't know what's going on. You know, I could follow that up, um, but I kind of feel like the 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 narrative that I set out, I kind of created. <laughs> so sure, there's, there's still plenty for me to do. And I, here's another cool thing. I never took a side on the Empire versus uh, the Cloaks thing because I didn't care. I just, I just finished that a little but bit. But in my yeah. storyline, I didn't care about that. It, it, it was present. It was something that sure. uh, was – I liked how it was sort of woven into the land and the environments and the characters you meet. But I never wanted to pick sides. So – in answer to your question, McMaster, I feel like I'm at a great stopping point. I still like the game a lot, uh, and there's still plenty of hooks for me to jump in there and play it some more. But at this point, I feel like I don't really need to. So in answer to your question, McMaster, maybe not. Maybe not. So. I was just hey, I, you always get a lot of guff about your reviews, and I know you gave it, what, a 7 or whatever. But it's like I tell people it's not the number, you know. It's, it's, it's like the actual... The, the, if you if you assign ratings based on a scale, people hate you unless you absolutely adore a game and think it's the greatest thing ever made. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, and it's also like the, what a seven means on most sites is different than what it means to me. And there's a, that whole silly conversation. Right. Exactly. With but but here's the thing: is one of the reasons that I think maybe I won't go back and play is that as a magic user, I think it's particularly unwieldy. Like I've got all of these different kinds of magic. And I have to fight the interface a lot to get the kind of experience mm. I want my character to have, which is as a guy with all these cool spells at his fingertips. Uh, so that's another sort of barrier for me. In addition to feeling like I got my character where I wanted him to be, I also feel like there's, you know, the interface is particularly difficult for my type of character. You know, I, I suggest that you go back through one time and play as like a, a stealth, like thief, dark brotherhood guy. Uh, it's going to be a lot easier on you in the interface. Yeah. Well, here's yeah. the thing: is like I, I'm at the point now where you know going down to what Ratten Riften, whatever that that city is. Yeah. You know, I, I've I've now encountered that particular Br- like I could Brinholtz. pick up that thread yeah. if I want. Right. Uh, but I I kind of you know what? Yeah. Like that's one of the many hooks that are available to me if I wanted to go back in. So. And it's really I'm I really like mine. You know I, I do. That's that's probably my. Uh, particular choice every time I play one of those games is I always start with like a stealth guy. I always do the Thieves Guild and the Dark Brotherhood because I find them particularly interesting in most right. of their games. And so that's where uh, you are now, McMaster. Like you, that's the, those are the quests yeah. followed. Uh, have you have you resolved like an Empire slash um, rebellion? Yes, I have. Let's see. I've I've finished the Thieves Guild. Um, I've basically finished the Dark Brotherhood. Um, I have. Finished. I'm the guessing you went with the rebels. rebels story. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Sounds I just mean, like you, McMaster. You're so predictable. Well, yeah. I mean, at the beginning of the game, the option is you go with the people that were being asses to you and want to behead you, or you go with the guys that were like, "Hey, sorry, man." You know, uh, <laughs> it's not that much of a choice. You know, what, McMaster. <laughs> there's no shame in admitting that you're chaotic neutral. Well, yeah. Some of us are lawful good. I'm just saying. Oh, sure. Yes, I mean, lawful <laughs> jerks. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's it's a completely it's completely interesting to me how the how different every character turns out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Eric, where playing on the PC? Where are you with Skyrim? I believe I'm level 29, and I kind of round out the the options between the three of us. I went with a uh, a sword and axe warrior. 
Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, you know, heavy armor, uh, smithing, uh, and I just, um, let's see, I, I mean, I just started the, uh, uh, the Empire versus the uh, Rebellions oh. line. What did you pick? Uh, where are you throwing your? Who you're throwing your line? I, I, I am a Nord for Skyrim, so I, I yes. Man, we totally round out all yes. aspects of the game. <laughs> Except and, I'm a Nord uh, as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, but I mean, you're a filthy rebel. In these or games, not. I for, for whatever reason, I always start out with uh, some kind of Nord warrior, mm-hmm. and then in, in later playthroughs, I'll go with a sneaky character and a magic character. See, I'm screwed up because I start with a Nord sneaky character, and I just can't <laughs> resist for some reason. I just love the idea. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> hilarious to me. But, yeah. um, but I'm, I'm not that far into the, the main quest either. Um, I mean, I've, I've gotten my my shouts, and I, I did all that stuff. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Hold on. You're Dragonborn too? No, no, yeah. I'm, I'm the Dragonborn. I don't, I don't know what you guys are. Wait um, a minute. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just a Dragonborn. <laughs> You're a pretender. Both of you are pretenders. I'm calling you out now. <laughs> Uh, so you got to level twenty nine without even following up much on the on yeah, the yeah I, I have this, I have this problem um, I'll start running towards the next quest objective and I'll see a uh, a barrow or a cave or a I tower have, I have and I, I have to go in there that's called ADHD and, and then I'm all of a sudden I'm at my max weight um, so I have to go back to town and, <laughs> and then I, I have to travel somewhere else for something for a quest and then oh, oh what's that over there and uh, yeah I, I kind of skitter around and so yeah I'm level 29 I've explored a, uh, a good portion of the map and I keep trying to get back to the main quest <laughs> uh, now you mentioned you said on another playthrough like Skyrim is a game that you will finish the main quest and then start a new character Eric is that how you would you think that'll happen Oh, absolutely. Um, whether it's right away or if I give myself a little break, um, I don't know. I mean, I again, uh, Oblivion, I've played with multiple different characters. Uh, Fallout 3, i played multiple times. New Vegas, I've done one complete playthrough, um, and I've started another one, but I want to wait until I have all the DLC to... Uh, to do the next one. Well, Eric, no wonder you've never played like modern a Call of Duty <laughs> game. You've obviously had your hands full. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm an RPG guy. Uh, I have been since way back when. So yeah, that, that's going to be my major thing. And Bethesda's games really are my uh, some of my ideal games. So yeah, I spend huge huge hours with these. Right. So you've like really never spent all that much time with them, Tom? Like making a bunch of characters and me? No, no, I have. I just I get attached to one character. I finally I do too, but you know. I mean, but I, I finally switched out. There's an achievement in Saints Row Three if you play like at least two hours as a male and female avatar. And so I finally <laughs> noticed that, and I was like, "Oh, great! I guess I have to change my avatar for two hours." And the moment I hit that, I'm going to go back to my original character. Uh, right. I'm sort of like through once and I'm done. There are very few games that I will play like a storyline more than once, or even playing alts on MMOs. Like I've I sort of give into that a little bit, but I just feel like I'm spinning my wheels of not not playing my main. You know, I'll I mean, tell you exactly what I do. I'll play a game, like specifically a Bethesda game, through as what I want to do. You know, like Fallout 3, for instance, I, I played first like through as a guy with speech and guns and stuff like that, whatever, and beat the game. And then I came up with the idea of I don't ever want to use a gun again in Fallout 3. Mm-hmm. So I made my next character into a horrifying psychopath that only had <laughs> melee and 
and um, you know, unarmed. And I charged everything in that game. And you have no idea how just like endlessly amusing that was to me. <laughs> I mean, I've done a little bit of that when I'm playing something on different platforms. So for Fallout 3, which I played on the 360 and PC, I, I did sort of sample different characters that way. But uh, yeah. Well, I mean, and plus these games are just, there's so much to do. And yeah. I mean, what on my first, on my main playthrough, I never go out of my way to try and find everything. You know, because I, I like to leave yeah. myself new things to find on, on follow-ups. And I mean, looking back at Oblivion, I mean, I've spent probably well over 100 hours with that. And I know there's stuff I haven't seen, so I'll go into threads, and they're like, oh, yeah, and then we did this. And I'm like, you did what? Right, right. You know? And I, that's why I just lie. I love about these games. Well, it's like Sarah probably played 200, 300 hours of Oblivion, and God knows Skyrim's going to take a beating. I'm going <laughs> to have to buy yes. another disc for her. <laughs> so it's like, oh, God. Yes. Uh, but the the conventional wisdom is that the patch is safe or not safe at this point. Uh, you know, a lot of people say they're having problems with it, and I've seen some videos of crazy stuff, but Sarah hasn't had an issue, and I haven't tried it yet. Uh, okay. I might go play in a bit. Who knows? But no one's saying yeah. it'll it'll mess up your save game or anything. Like, worst case no. scenario, it just breaks some no. of the physics or something. Okay. Yeah, you know, the just... worst thing that I saw is that, like, sometimes it removes certain resistances, so, like, if it removed my frost resistance, I would be very upset. Right. Because, <laughs> like, most dragons, or a lot of dragons are frost dragons. Yeah. Well, to just limit yourself to fire dragons and you'll be okay. No, yeah, I won't. That still I've hurts. been on such a, a kick with Battlefield 3 this week that I figure I, I can let it sit, you know, pick it up again later this weekend or next week when it's hopefully been patched up and fixed. And, right. you know, I'm not going to miss a step with it, so. Man. All right, so that's a, that's our Skyrim update for the week. I, I'm actually glad we talked a little Skyrim. I, I, I feel like we don't want to talk about Skyrim all the time, but you know what? You kind of can, can't you? Oh, it's just it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, I'll be picking it again, I'm sure. We've got a long kind of slog throughout the week. No, you can't, you can't. That's the rules for us, McMaster. You can't pick a game of the week more than, <laughs> more than once. In a row. Ah, did we make? Oh. I guess, I, yeah, you pick. You've picked a game. Of the, you picked like Dead Island like four <clears throat> times or something. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I'm gonna have to go back to the tape on that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, gentlemen, thank you so much. That's it for us today. So, uh, a little Skyrim, a little Battlefield Three, a little Star Wars: Old Republic, a little pinball, a little World of Warcraft, a little Saints Three, Saints Row Three. Uh, that's quite a spectrum there. Oh, um, yes, it's, it is. it's been that kind of. Uh... And that kind of year for gaming. And especially that time of year, too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Eric, let me throw down a challenge to you. What's okay. a great game from the first six months of the year? Uh, which is you? Whoa, 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 wait a minute. You thought yep. that way too quickly. Because <laughs> that's because that's the answer, Tom. <laughs> I've been like looking at what's going to be my top ten list of the year. So I was looking over the, the list that I'd written earlier in the year, and I was like, oh, yeah, that came out this year. I forgot. I can't believe yeah. you were so ready with that, Eric. Well played. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, they, they've already been starting uh, What's Your Favorite Game of, of the Year threads on quarter to three, and ah. so I've been thinking about it. What's making a good showing so far? Because I, I remember last year, everybody's like, yeah, Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 2. Yeah. That's oh. how they sound when they say it, too, by the way. Well, about what you expect. You know, Skyrim, uh, Battlefield, Witcher, uh, you know, the, again, the, the highlights of the year. Are, are so Witcher 2 is getting called out. Good, yeah. good. I would venture this. What do you guys think of this? Uh, Witcher 2 is better than Skyrim. If someone says that to you, are you like, no, get out? Uh, no, I agree. I agree. Ah. Um, on that. It, 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 apples and oranges. I would put them on par, yeah. 
I mean, no, they do they do very different things. Right, right. But no, we'll see now with this uh, very different things. What if you had to pick one or the other? Uh, I would pick Skyrim. Mm. I think most people would, honestly. But I, I think Witcher 2, to me, delivers a... It, it is completely different, though. But it... You know, I mean, it's not that different in a way either. Uh, anyway, well, let's get it. I feel that the, you know that kind of choice says more about the person picking than the game in a way. Yeah. Uh, I think so. And it's, so yeah, it's, it's what are you looking for in a game? What are your priorities on? And uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I mean, no doubt has story an amazing sure. story, and uh, I love the uh, the combat mechanics. Um, I mean, it was it was it was fantastic. But yeah, for for me, uh, Skyrim just 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 edges it out. Did you play Witcher more than once, by the way? Is that a game that you would go through more than once? I'm, I'm planning to. I played it once, okay. um, and I, I want to go see the other path. Because it doesn't have the same... You're always Gerald or whatever his name is. Like It doesn't have the same lure of you know what kind of character you're going to play this time. You know, you've got the three different trees on the... But the, the story is just so good. I want to see uh, what right. happened on the choices I didn't make. Right. You know, I haven't really actually finished it yet, because I haven't played it lately i've had at the time but you know uh, i'm curious to see what i get because I, I know i've made a bunch of choices that will make a difference so. and it has great payoff i, I feel like it, as far as like where the story goes i, I mean there, you know I, I love what bethesda can do but you know what what those guys have done with the witcher story i just i Amazing. love that yeah yeah so yeah, one of the th- things that like really uh interested me was the the where you have to choose between like the lieutenant guy and the elf yeah Yep. Like when you're in the ruins yep. or whatever. Uh, who did you guys choose? I, I went with Roche. As a, yeah, I I was an anti-human person, and uh, I I uh, threw my lot in with. The, I can't believe I even remember this word, the Scoyatel. Yeah, <laughs> I remember yep. first running into that in the witch because I didn't play the first Witcher. When Does I'm, it mean it's squirrel? Yeah. yeah, this is well. That's what they call it is in a derogatory sense. But I remember coming across that word and thinking, "This is really stupid. I don't like this game." They're coming up with crazy new words for familiar things. This is ridiculous. This isn't going to work for me. And then fast forward, you know, thirty hours when I've gotten through the game, and yeah. I was really into it. And now fast forward several months, I can't believe I remember the word Scoyatel. <laughs> like I, that's just that to me is the measure. I normally a game's in one ear and out the other. I don't remember the names of things. I don't uh, the fact that Scoyatel stuck in my head. Uh, I think speaks volumes yeah. for how good Witcher you know, it was. I um I wasn't particularly anti-human, but I made a deal with the Scoyatel and I kept it. Good for you. You should honor your bargains, McMaster. <laughs> that speaks well to your character, even though I role play Geralt. Yeah. <laughs> I got to. Even though I think you're chaotic neutral, I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right. Well. That has been our uh, podcast for this week. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you for having me. Uh, And Jason McMaster, what are we going to bring folks next week? Well, next week, our guest is Otagon. Now, isn't there a kung fu movie called Enter the Otagon? I do not know. (laughs) All right. I think that's a Chuck Norris movie. So, And what will we be speaking about with Otagon? Uh, news of the week, forum mm. post of the week, mm-hmm. and game of the week. Oh, yeah. And you know what? What's your prediction about whether or not there will be any Skyrim talk? I I, I predict there will be Skyrim talk. <laughs> I think it would be a pretty good bet. <laughs> I think I agree with you guys. So that's I predict it. there will be Dota 2 talk, whether you like it or not. Oh, God. I hope so. I want to hear about it. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely horrible at those games, but I, I love sitting down and watching... Uh, 
League of Legends streams and, and the, the Dota 2 streams. That They're I've pretty seen. fun to watch someone good play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what, Eric, when uh, McMaster starts droning on about Dota 2, could you fill in for me? Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so maybe we'll have a little substitute hosting job <laughs> from Eric next week if McMaster insists on talking about Dota 2. Uh, before we go, McMaster, what does the O in Jason O. McMaster stand for? Olivia Newton-John. Let's <laughs> go.